the episode now. We're going. Going? All right. Here we are. Uh, we You can do that if you want. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what I'm uh, feeling like. <laughs> back and back and add at it. Back and add it are. again, folks. We we are back. Um, it's, been a, it's been a couple of days, just because obviously a few days. not as not as much going on lately in the sports worlds as uh as the past couple months have been. But um, I think we got a lot to talk about here today. I think we got a lot of fun stuff for sure. I would like to say I think part of uh, the lack in episodes is we've been hanging our heads since our huge XFL parlay did not hit, unfortunately. And our Sea Dragons are off to an 0-2 start. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um. We, yeah. So they they who did they lose again? They lost to the St. Louis Battle, Battle Hawks. AJ so, McCarron. So AJ McCarron oh, actually Alabama quarterback. Um. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson does. Uh, he does some stuff with the XFL. Like he's he's is he a part owner? What is what exactly does he do? Either either part owner or I think majority owner. Or at least okay. at least at least um part owner and uh and I think kinda loudest loudest owner. The face of okay. the XFL, I'd say for sure from an ownership standpoint. Okay, because after I think it was after the, the Seattle St. Louis game, The Rock actually put out a tweet on Twitter um really praising uh, AJ McCarron because he took the XFL job, making only like what did it make like like as we talked about like sixty to eighty k most like kind of the average, as opposed to being at like you know an NFL backup or third stringer making a lot more money. He took the job in the XFL because he wanted to be able to be a starter and play um, football and whatnot, so his kids could grow up watching him play. All right, all right. Which was the, his reason for going to the XFL. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, though. That's fine and dandy there, Dwayne. But let's not forget about Big Ben DiNucci, all right? Also an NFL backup, all right? Yeah, but, but he's, he's also a big he dick wanted swinger. wanted to go to the NFL, though, he could. Let's be real. Let's be real. That, that's because like, he, he belongs on the Sea Dragons. Shut up, he, Brandon. Is Shut he going to turn it around? Yes, of course he's so? going to turn it around. 0-2 means nothing. XFL is a li- the XFL is literally nicknamed the Comeback League. I just nicknamed it, but that's what it's nicknamed. Okay, all right. Okay. This Anywho. week we're taking on the Vipers. Anywho. Yes. What are they, the Vegas? Are they Vegas? Is that the Vipers? Vegas Vipers. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game viewership-wise. Um, yep. Saturday night game in Vegas. What else is in Vegas on Saturday, Brandon? Oof. I'm so glad you asked. We. Yeah, that's a big day, actually. That's, uh, that's UFC 285. There you go. It? There yep. it is. I thought you were scrambling for a second. No, I just wanted to make. I wanted to make sure I had the right number. I was almost about to say two eighty four, but I was like, "Wait, no." I'm I'm glad I double checked. Mm -hmm. This will be a great one for sure. Easy, easy to say. Every fight on the uh, prelims are our main event fighters. 
Uh, Julian Marquez, yeah. I've seen him on the main event before. He's a big Kansas City Chiefs guy. Remember, he was the one that uh, asked Miley Cyrus out for Valentine's Day, I believe. Uh, Valentine's Day, like 2021. Okay. Okay. And uh, and she responded on Twitter, I think. I, I forget the, the interaction exactly, but I remember he fumbled it, like, just so hard. Oh really? Oh my god. Um like like bad bad or um here. Is something like she 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 came back with a cute tweet. Um in in response to Yeah, so okay. so his um his nickname is the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay. Julian Marquez. Um, so a- after his fight, he said in the um, in the post-fight interview, he goes, I've been waiting 31 months to get on this damn mic and call these people out. This is my time to shine. So Miley Cyrus, will you be my Valentine? I mean, hey, I mean, I mean fair play. Like, good on for shooting a shot. Yeah. She says... Shave an MC Miley Cyrus into your chest hair because he has a lot of chest hair, and I'm yours. Happy V Day! Congrats, my love. So yeah. realistically, if if you're if you're doing this, you know, you you wouldn't you're doing this to kind of build your platform. Obviously, like that that's a yeah. hashtag viral moment. I say you shave the fucking chest hair. You shave the hair, then you then you go on like a dinner or something. You meet up, take some pictures. That picture gets a bunch of likes. You get some of her fans. Like you, you that that's right there for you. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, So then he responds: If you get a henna tattoo that says Cuban Missile Crisis above your belly button, like Tupac. Oh, I'm in. Hashtag thug life. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then when yeah, asked he about fumbled it again, the he's there. like, you never let a woman mess with a man's chest hair. And you're like, oh, that's even worse. That's even cringier, Julian. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, if you fumbled it there a bit. Yeah. But uh, you know, you never know. I, if if he wins, I'm sure we'll hear a Super Bowl reference. He's a, a very um, uh, outspoken. Would that be the right term? Uh, Kansas City guy, Kansas City Chiefs, especially. But I think he's from KC. Okay. Uh, oh, then, then yeah, it's got to imagine. Yeah, if he wins, definitely, definitely. Next up, we have. Um, Amanda Hibas taking on Vivian Arujo. I know, I know I didn't do that name justice, and I apologize. You tried your best. Yeah, but you could. I believe Amanda is coming off um, that loss. I don't think she has fought since. I don't believe so, no. No, I, I think this is, yeah, her yeah. first on back oh, after the loss. No, never mind. Oh, is it not? So, so we're talking. We're. I think we're, in our mind, we're both thinking the loss. She got TKO'd. Yeah. So she came back and won by via decision. Okay. 
and then lost to uh, Caitlin Chukagian. Uh, oh, yeah. Split yeah. decision um, back in May 2022. So it's been a bit of time, but um, for sure, good to see her back. Uh, Vivian, and I apologize about the last name. She's eighth ranked in the division, coming off a loss to Alexa Grasso. And actually, um, before that was a win, but then before that was also a loss to Caitlin Chukagian. So they both share that. Um, Went in there. Do you know how we know Caitlin Chukagian, Brandon? Oh, do we ever? Do you remember that? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I think you were the one that originally told me about it. I think Reddit probably told me about it, or Twitter probably told me about it. Everyone was Mm -hmm. losing it. So her Twitter got, I don't think it was even hacked. Allegedly hacked. Allegedly hacked. Did she even say that? Yeah, she did. She said her Twitter was I thought she famously just never talked about it. She was just like, hmm, what? No, yeah. She she said that her Twitter had been hacked. Okay. Um... Okay, well, then that's a little different. Liked a bunch of porn. Bunch of porn. A bunch. Um, and that's why I don't believe when she says, oh, it was hacked, because this went on for a while. It's like if, you're, if your Twitter got hacked like that and you see that they keep just like liking all this yeah, like, rank shit and like, stuff, like you can easily get that account shut down. True, although I also will say you're a professional athlete. Like that manages an Instagram account. I believe in your knowledge to not to like not know how to get something taken down versus um your knowledge in knowing not to just like po- flat out pornography like on your public account. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you would know mm-hmm. not to do that, but you may not. I don't. They don't have. They may or may not have social media teams. Um, you know, I know a lot of fighters do their own social media, so you never know, like, if that happens. You know, dude, something would happen to my Twitter. I don't know how I'm getting it down. I don't know how to get it. You know, they, this, happened, this happened about, like, two months ago or so, or maybe about three months now. There was someone else who who did that on Twitter, actually. Mystic Mac? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. He Conor started McGregor liking, also did that. He started liking a bunch of a bunch of shit on on Twitter, and he didn't know people could view his liked tweets. So once people pointed it out, he went back through and unliked them all. Really? But like, it was a lot of porn that he liked. Like there was Good a lot. The guy. There was a lot. <laughs> Good on Caitlyn Jukagian. Honestly, as well, if, if I was him happen. though, and people t- be like, "Hey man, like just so you know, like we can all see your like," she'll be like, "Okay, cool, just own it." Yeah, like you've already been caught. Just Why like, go hey, back? Man, just, just own it. Hey man, everyone can see your likes. Okay, do you like it too? Just be like, "Yeah, I already knew that." <laughs> I already knew you could. You could all view it. You're welcome. He's just, he's just spicing up everyone's timeline. Like, what's the hassle? Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's doing the Lord's work, honestly. Exactly. As was Caitlin Chukagian. Let's not... Yeah. No, but she no, didn't no. own it. She didn't own it. That's the problem. True. Just gotta, just gotta own it. <laughs> Embrace it. McGregor also did that. Yeah, he did, yeah. 
Also, you ready for a huge um a huge one? Oh, I'm ready for yeah. Darren Till has been cut from the UFC. He has. I I read about it today. It sounds like he's he's planning on coming back at some point. It sounds like it was kind of a mutual decision for him to leave and go off and, and focus on his own things and then he's gonna be coming back. From what I read. Don't know if that's what's gonna happen, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a tough one. Um, is, yeah, that's it's interesting though, for sure. He's he's been such a staple of the UFC. He's just such a loud voice and and kind of a loved one. Everyone always yeah. loved him, even when he lost. Because what did he, um, he started out like seventeen and zero, didn't he? Oh yeah, he was a huge kind of boy wonder when he first came in. I think he was quite young as well. Um, all right, next in the remember we're still in the prelims here. Like this is how stacked the card is. We got Derek Brunson versus okay, here we come. Uh, Dip. Plus, Plessis. Yeah, I don't know. My apologies. A uh, South African That's fighter. Duplices? Duplices. Hey, man, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Derek Brunson coming off the loss to uh, Cannoneer. Before that was a win against Till, and he shares that with our... Okay, his nickname is Stillnox. We're going with Stillnox here. Still not its most recent win was actually against Darren Till. Uh, before that, Brad Tavares, Trevin Giles, um, list goes on on quite a bit of a win streak here. Um, ever since getting into the UFC, has had four straight wins, so an up and comer for sure. There was kind of that meme going around for a while that Derek Brunson was, um, I think, the step into the next level of the division mm -hmm. like he lost to uh yoel romero then he lost to like then he, he beat a bunch of guys like stayed right up in there in the division then he lost to whitaker and anderson silva but robert whitaker then whitaker went on to i think get the belt then he again beat two more guys then lost to uh soza who i think is no longer with the promotion but then Lost to Adesanya, who went on to win the belt, and then beat a lot of guys, and then has recently lost to Cannoneer, um, where Cannoneer is kind of back on his his upwards trajectory. So, very interesting fight for sure. I think if um, Stillnox, our boy Stillnox, uh, wins this one, could be on a similar trajectory to uh, Whitaker and Adesanya, definitely climbing the ranks in the division. Uh, Yeah. I think, what is he currently ranked? Uh, number 10, Brunson is number 5. And so then the last one on the prelims is uh, Cody Garbrandt taking on Trevin Jones. Garbrandt moving back to the bantamweight division um, after taking on Kayakara France in uh, the flyweight division, I believe. And that did not go well, ending in a knockout. Sorry, I'm just pulling up Trevin Jones's record here. Uh, Trevin Jones coming off of three losses um, in the UFC. He's only been in the UFC for five fights. So yet, this could kind of be a uh, win-to-stay-in situation. 
Mm, it could, yeah. Realistically, Garbrandt coming off of two losses. Before that, had the big knockout win against Rafael uh, Asunzao, but before that was riding a three-fight losing streak. So in his Ooh. last six fights, has lost five of them. Yeah. So definitely on the downward. Uh, Trevin Jones, first fight in the UFC was a no contest. Who is that um, against? Or does it not say? Timor Valiev. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. And um, that was a cool dude, though. Then he then he won against Mario Bautista, a different Mario Bautista. Uh, and then he has lost three fights as of recent. Um, He's gone on a little bit of a skid, some would say. A bit of a skid, lost to a uh, choke, and then two decisions uh his one win was a tko though uh so definitely a matchup sounds like a good matchup with garbrandt if uh both of them have ko power both of them garbrandt is a notorious swinger right nine times out of ten winning by knockout or losing by knockout like if you look at a lot of his fights in the ufc um here i'll look at his stats 83% 83% of his wins are by KO, and 80% of his losses are by KO. Oh. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's go big or go home. Type of thing. He is. He is. Killer bust. And I think that is why he is a loved fighter. Like, I, I, I've always enjoyed watching Garbrandt fight because you kind of know it's going to be a fast, exciting fight regardless. Yeah, it's all uh, left he's out. He's definitely there. been called cringy at times, but I, I don't know. I think he's, he's fun. I've He's enjoyed watching his fights. His, his season on uh, Ultimate Fighter was a rough one for sure. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, it was He was coaching against TJ Dillashaw at the height of the beef. And I don't know. Oh, he yeah. just... I think he was trying to play up how how cool he was. It was like... I don't know. The best, I don't know. There, there were just some clips of like him chilling with the team. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, just kind of odd. Yeah. I, 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 get, I get what you're, you're getting at, though. Like the best I can describe is like an out of place white guy clearly trying to fit in too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, kind of yeah. like, well, some of my homies, like. Yeah. No, yeah, um, I, I get what, you, what, you're, what you're saying. So, Bo Nickel. So, this is the first uh, fight of the main event, uh, one I'm very excited for. Bo Nickel taking on Jamie Pickett. Uh, Jamie Bo Pickett Nickel, has... the heavy favorite. Who is? Heavy Bo Nickel. Well, for sure. So, this is going to be a, a good fight, though. So, um, let me just... If we don't fight contender series... Two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight. So Pickett has had eight uh, fights in the UFC so far. Um, not all of them being wins. Um, out of oh no, maybe not eight. Sorry, six. He's had six fights in the UFC. My bad. Um, four of them have been losses. Two of them have been wins. So someone that's kind of bounced around the UFC a little bit. But fought, uh, lost to Kyle Dawkins, um, who is a very formidable opponent. Um, 
so is bounced around a bit. Bo Nickel is undefeated, but only with a three and O record. This is kind of the, I would say the storyline going into this. So Pickett, his last two losses were to TKO and then to a submission. Um, both of his wins in the UFC were by decision, and then he had a decision loss, TKO loss. His win on the Contender Series to get in. Um, was TKO punches. He had been on the Contender Series once, twice before, looks like, um, with a decision loss and a uh, choke loss. Whereas the story with Bo Nickel is he was also on the Contender Series twice, but with two wins. But the thing is, is the Contender Series was his second ever pro fight. Okay. The second Contender Series was his third. And so he did another Contender Series fight to get more experience, but... It's it's a little interesting if you think about um as as good as he is, so his his background is he's one of the most decorated NCAA wrestlers of all time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um if not one of the most decorated, he's just a highly uh highly decorated or highly respected NCAA wrestler. He trained i believe with american top team for for the last quite a few years and was kind of their wrestling guy like he was the team he was the in-house wrestler that they would bring in to train for other wrestlers so after about i don't know three four years he's now gone on to fight in his own right now doing a career in mma okay Okay. Okay. So, okay. so you could you could argue that he has top level experience being around those fight gyms and probably having good sparring rounds. Although, yeah, I would question how many times when before he started fighting himself, I would question how many times when he was sparring, was it actually sparring or was it just straight wrestling practice that they brought him in on? Um. Yeah. That being said, wrestling against MMA fighters, Bo Nickel, I'd say, has some of the best experience out there, for sure. Um, and is knowing how to hold him down. I think if you had to make comparisons, people like to throw this one out quickly. But uh, first one that would come to mind for me would be, you know, like an American Khabib. Kind of that, I would, mm-hmm. I would imagine, very okay. wrestling-heavy, um, pressure-heavy style. His last um his three professional wins his professional debut was a uh, tko 33 seconds in or a ko okay and then in the contender series um both were chokes first was one minute in second was 52 seconds in okay so he, right. he gets it done incredibly quick is shown to get it done on the ground with chokes so I would definitely yeah. put him um, high up on my bet for this fight, personally. But it's it's going to be an interesting test. It's going to be very exciting to see how he is officially now in the UFC. Because you also think contender, um, it's a very... Um, what would you say it's it it was it was in the apex without a crowd. Now you're talking on a John Jones pay per view. Not only any pay per view, but the one he's returning to hasn't been in three, four years. The arena is going to be electric. 
And I think I, I wonder how we're going to see him perform under that that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that'll be interesting for sure. Okay. Well, you get me kind of hyped here now for it. That's what we do. We hype we yeah. hype up the cards. So now he's we do. only the first he's only the first fight of the main event. Yeah, that's yeah, it's only even the first fight of the main card. Sure. Um going up here, I'll be honest, two fighters I'm not uh particularly familiar with. Uh Matias Gamrot. Oh no, I know him. Never mind. Um and I uh, even I recognize that name. Yeah. Um here I'm we're on we're on sure dog here. We keep uh guess guess what Gamrot's nickname is. Could no clue. Couldn't even throw it in guess. Oh come on. You'll the you'll kid. get a good one. Okay, one more. The machine. One more. Gamer. Um, I gave up. Gamer. Gamer. Okay. He's Actually, a yeah, fair enough. Gamer, man. Kind of sick. He is. Uh, oh, one could one like, could say that's also Kyler Murray's nickname. Fucking more like his his life goal. What do you mean? Um, he's a gamer in multiple ways. Gamer, ride or die. Um, so. Gamrod's coming off a loss to Benil Daryush. Uh, Daryush, an amazing, amazing opponent. This is back in October 2022, so it's been not too long uh, since we've seen him fight. Um, but before that was on a four-fight win streak, uh, then had a loss, but then before that was on four-fight win streak. Uh, but... Actually, some of those fights, oh, all those fights were out of the UFC. So lost his UFC debut, went on a four-way fight win streak, has lost his most recent one. Uh, he's taken on Jalen the Tarantula Turner. And now that I say this, I'm more familiar with him because I've seen him in, uh, I think, Embedded's before with a Tarantula. Oh. Now that I think of it. Oh, there we go. There um, we go. He's been around for a while in the UFC. Um Having fought on some really big cards before, this is interesting uh, to look at the the past cards he's fight, fought on. So he was on uh, season two of the Contender Series. Then he fought, so that was back in 2018. Then he fought on the Khabib card back in 2018. Okay. His next fight was on the Adesanya Silva pay-per-view. Then the Holloway Poirier pay per view, and that was also the Adesanya um, versus uh, Gastelum fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Historic fight, one of my favorite pay per views of all time. Um, and then did, did two fight nights, but then fought on Volkanovsky Ortega, Covington Masvidal. And his last one was Adesanya Cannoneer. So definitely has um, pay-per-view fight experience, big arena experience, if you give him that. Yeah. This is, this is in no way uh, foreign to him. His last fight was a win over Brad Riddell. He's currently on a five-fight win streak um, with all finishes. Man, this is going to be a good one. Three of them being chokes, two with TKOs. Uh, 
Um, before the unanimous decision loss, Gamrot was on a four-fight win streak, as we said, with two KOTKOs um, and a submission and a decision. So definitely exciting fighters. Gamrot's um, first submission, the Kimura coming very early on in the first round, where the other two finishes coming in the second round. Whereas uh, the Tarantula, his most recent one, was a first-round choke, only 45 seconds in. Uh, before that, second-round TKO, first-round choke, second-round choke, second-round TKO. So definitely a fast fighter, and this will be a great, great card. Yeah. Here, we'll, we'll kind of we'll go a little quicker here. Uh, then we got Jeff Neal taking on uh, Rachmanov. Uh, another amazing fight. A lot Rachmanov of room. Is a f- very heavy favorite in that as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of room to move in the welterweight division. Um, now, I think with, especially if um, Leon Edwards is able to... Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to get Rachmanov here on Sherdog, but his name, it's so hard to type in. Um especially with um if Leon Edwards is able to keep the belt from Usman in the rematch, I think that really opens up that division um to a lot of I think a lot of competition because He's been dominating that for two, three years now. Like we forget, yeah, how long he's been. He's been the number one guy in that division. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think uh, the seven and ten fight. I think will be a good one. Jeff Neal coming off of two wins. Last win against the very powerful uh, Vicente Luque. With Rachmanov uh, riding a huge win streak. Yeah. Is he? He's undefeated. My bad. 16 and 0. Undefeated. Um, has been in the UFC for four fights. Uh, has won all four of those most recently against Neil Magny, although came into the promotion facing off against Alex uh, Oliveira, a very um, formidable veteran, and beat him by a choke. And I believe. Uh, He had previously Alex Oliveira had a record for most submissions in the UFC. Okay. He's since been beat off. Oh, beat off. Pause. Um, Chill. Or maybe most Hold finishes. Him. I don't know, but he, but he held a record. You're not for, helping for yourself. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, you ain't helping yourself. No. So. <laughs> Uh, this will definitely be a good fight. I would definitely put my money on uh, Rachmanov for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, that being said, Jeff Neal is an amazing fighter and I believe he has been good. known to upset. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you no, know who he has he wins has over? Do you know times. who he has wins over? I can't remember off the top of my head. He has beaten potentially the greatest MMA fighter of our generation. Mike Perry. Yeah. Oh, am I right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Do you remember that fight? I do. Sorry. Fucking kicked his head into a new oblivion. 
He's yeah. the reason Mike Perry acts the way he does. Yeah. yeah. He's the Vontez Burfix. I was, I was Perry's just Antonio about to say. Brown. I was just about to say. All right. So, so, so far, amazing um, main card. Then we get into the title fights. Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. Um, Grasso, I believe, has been in the UFC for a while. Uh, sorry, I'm just... What are the odds on uh, Valentina Shevchenko here? Oh, just... She's the very, very, very heavy favorite. I would imagine. So, yeah, uh, Grasso has been in the UFC since 2016. Um, has faced off against quite a few names in the division. Recently beating Brandon, cover your ears. She recently did, uh, beat Macy Barber. Uh, oh, I know. Back in 2021. Yeah, that was a so while a few ago. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, but I like to bring it up. She's your Kyler Murray. She hasn't um, fought in fucking forever, though. So, when does she fight next? I don't even know. <laughs> but her nickname's the future, Brandon. Yeah, I think she should change it. Hey, March twenty fifth. Okay, so coming up then, actually, <laughs> about fucking time. It's been forever. Hey, it's only been since July twenty twenty two. It's only been since July. Chill out. When, when did she fight in July? She she beat Jessica I. I remember that. Hmm. Yeah, well, there we go. So she's still doing, she's still doing things then. Yeah. Do you know who's fought more recently, though? Hmm. Miranda Maverick. True. I'm telling you, man, she's Your the dark favorite. horse of that division. Oh, I, I don't, I don't she's, disagree. She's the next up-and-comer. So Alexa Grasso currently on a four-fight win streak. Um, with names or wins over Macy Barber, uh, Joanne Wood, Vivian Arujo. So sorry for her last three. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. What what needs to be said about her resume? Yeah, just absolutely um, dominating. Coming off a close uh, split decision win. I didn't know this. I, I didn't watch her last fight. UFC 275 against Talia Santos was a split decision win. That's unlike her. Hmm. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I must have neither, missed that one. Probably I, missed yeah. that one. That's, um, that, that's do, very I, unlike that you mentioned that, Like I do remember hearing about it, but I, I definitely didn't watch it because I can't like picture anything but i do remember hearing about the time i was like wow that's crazy yeah you sound very enthusiastic about it well what am i supposed to do be like oh but like i didn't watch it so i can't say if it was like yeah no mm-hmm. like for all we know she could have fucking broke her leg in the first round and had to walk around on her hands for the rest of it somehow survive never you never know Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, if she broke her leg, I would have sent it to you. You'd been like, oh, my God. Yeah, you would have sent That's it to so me gross. time and time again. Yeah, that was funny. Um, and then what needs to be said about the main event? Uh, we got John Jones returning yeah. to the Octagon um, after, what's it been, a two-year layoff? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say Jones. so. Yeah. Taking on uh, Cyril Gone. 
Aaron looking at his last fight. fight. So his last fight, oh, it's been a while, was February 8th, 2020. So almost pretty much a three-year layoff at this point. What is it right now? 2023. And what's the date? February 1st. Uh, March 1st. There you go. So dumb. That's really weird. Um, Oh, like February 31st. Yeah, so it's been three years. Three years. Pretty much exactly three years, yeah. Um what what needs to be said about um well what needs to be said about his resume dominated the light heavyweight division arguably the goat of the ufc one of the greatest fighters to ever live um taking on the guy that got out wrestled by francis nganu yeah um, yeah no i'm kidding so cyril gone has a has a great resume uh having lost not too, too recently, but about a year ago in the title fight against Francis. Um, recently won via TKO against Ty Tuavasa. Before that, having wins over Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, Junior Dos Santos, Tanner Bozer. He's a Canadian. Um, and it kind of goes a little deeper in there, but... A lot of names, for sure. Um, before the Francis loss, he was undefeated. Um, 45% of his wins coming via TKO with 27 by submission and 27 by decision, percent-wise, that is. Um, that being said, 100% of his losses, the one loss was a wrestling decision. Now, are there many wrestlers better than John Jones? Ooh, that's a question. No one... No one, I think, has a, you know, except for, of course, uh, Khabib. A lot of the Russian fighters, maybe maybe GSP, but up there with it. You know, you think about the the um, reputations for holding someone down and, and causing a lot of damage. John Jones has to be on that list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that's going to be a great fight. <laughs> I feel like I lost. I think it's gonna be a very good fight, Brandon. No, I feel like it is gonna be a very good fight. I think it's it's gonna be um, like I don't I don't I don't know how to describe. Like I I obviously I think Jones is gonna win. Yeah. Um, But I don't think it's gonna be like I think it's gonna be a lot closer than a lot of people are thinking. Really? Eh. I think so. How do you think? How do you think he moves at um, at at heavyweight? Like, do you think he's slower? Do you think? Um, and and it's so tough because like normally you could say either yes or no based on like you you know previous fights like within recent time, but like it's three it's three years ago he last fought, mm-hmm. so. Like, it's tough because that's a whole three years that, you know, we haven't seen, you know, um, him him either get better and improve or if he kind of regresses a bit. Like, there's, yeah, it's so tough when it's, like, in between three years to to really know. Like, we're really not going to know until, you know, mm-hmm. the, the fight starts, I think. Mm-hmm. A, a big reason of that layoff was to put on the weight naturally, was to kind of get up to that weight comfortably and not just try and balloon up. Yeah. 
So I think that should work in his advantage as far as when you know movement goes and and hopefully uh, gas tank not getting too tired at that weight. Uh, I'm ju- I'm just putting together a little PGO parlay for the fight here. Holy crap! You weren't kidding when you said Bo Nickel was the heavy favorite. Yeah, no, right? Well, what are I, your odds for it? Uh, let me pull them up again. Mine's minus sixteen hundred. Um, where the hell is it? Um, he's minus two thousand for me. So incredible. So to put that into perspective for people, if you were to throw a hundred dollars on Bo Nickel, if he wins, you win five bucks. Like that's like four. So he is the the heavy favorite. On the flip side, if you take if you take Jamie Pickett and you throw a hundred on him, you win a thousand there. So. And this is very rare. different. Uh, yeah, it's like oof. wild. Yeah, and and I was gonna say this is rare for a fight she's on. Um, Valentina is not the biggest favorite on the fight. Yeah, that's yeah. that's out of character for her. Uncharted territory, some would say. Uncharted territories for sure. Um, so a big one is the Jalen Turner uh, Gamrot fight. So Gamrot is the minus two hundred favorite going into that, with Turner being the plus one seventy two underdog. That being said, every fight needs an underdog win. Turner coming off of five great wins, all of them being finishes very early on, nothing making it to the third round. Whereas Gamrot uh, is coming off a decision loss before that had a decision win. Um, why, why is Wise Turner such the underdog here? And do we do we stake yeah. our parlay on that? Yeah, and and again, yeah, this is this is like one I don't really know like much about the two. So you know, for for me, it's like yeah, like based just based on like what what you've kind of explained it and talked about, like it kind of almost sounds like a it could be a pick'em. Like, I don't, like, look, looking at it, I don't think there's, like, a guy that's like, oh, he's, he's going to win, like, I mean, well, I guess in, in the UFC there never is, but it, right now I think it's, like, even, each guy has an even chance to win. It's just, like, it's just a pick em. We want to ride the underdog Turner, then? Oh, I think we got to, then. We love underdogs. Right. We'll take Rachmanov against Jeff Neal. Um, before that, we obviously took Bo Nickel. Uh, I was giving us uh, Duplessis. Um, just because of his previous win streak, I think he is tuned up, you know, <laughs> for a while. Uh, that was another one when um, I said there was the joke of Brunson being kind of the gatekeeper in the division. A few up-and-comers fought him, and he beat him, and then they kind of fell off, off afterwards. So I do think um, this is a good test for Duplessis. I'm so sorry about that name. Um, but I think he's able to come through. He is a decent favorite going into that, so I want to ride with him there. Uh, I'm going with Cody Garbrandt. I think both of them have, uh, both him and Trevin Jones, have bounced around a little bit in the UFC, with the exception of Garbrandt having a historic championship history in the UFC. So I think his veteran ability will kind of carry him through there. And we're starting off the parlay taking Amanda Hibas. Boom. Boom. And so then we're going to take Shevchenko and John Jones. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are kind of obvious. So is that our parlay? Is that the PGO parlay for UFC 285? I'm a fan of it. Just run 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 through it one more time. So we got Amanda Hebos, Cody Garbrandt, um, Dreykus Duplessis, um, Bo Nickel, Rachmanov, Jalen Turner, um, Valentina Shevchenko, and John Jones. Boom. Lock in. No going back now. Do you ever do you ever do the um the a bunch of three team parlays kinda? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you fuck with that? Oh yeah. Cause we got we got eight teams here or eight fighters. Should we give ourselves some wiggle room and bet on like the six parlay? Or do we even do the two parlay? What what do you think? What are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh it's a tough one. The two I feel like kind of guarantees us a little more. Uh wins us a little less though. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm pretty pretty easy either way for it. So fair enough, fair enough. Well, what do you what are you feeling? I don't know. I feel like especially with the UFC, the the big parlays, I do like it when you break it up a little more because it yeah it keeps it alive later into the later into the night if maybe you lose your first two. So let's go. Want to go the six parlays yeah. of six? Yeah. Yeah. That way we can we can afford we can afford a couple of L's in there. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a better call. Good call. Mm-hmm. Good call. Good thinking ahead. Yeah, a bit, a bit of a switch up before. We don't usually do it this way here at PGO. We like to mix things up, though. Have some fun. Live on the edge. Yeah. Let our crazy side out. So we've essentially bet on 28 different individual six-bet parlays. With that combination of winners. Yeah. All right. So there you have it, folks. We're cooking. We're cooking with gas. Um. Very quickly, do we want to do some CFL? Uh, a quick little parlay for, I mean, not CFL, my bad. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, definitely wrong league. The XFL? Let's do it. Yeah, and we, we got to throw one together. Yeah, we'll got do this rapid fire style. We got to do the Dragons. Then we got the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the DC Defenders. The Battlehawks are riding, I believe, 2 0. 2 0. And they're both uh, fourth quarter comeback wins as well. Mm. And what are the defenders oh. doing? Defenders won both weeks. So 2 0 versus 2 0. And the DC defenders are the favorite slightly. Very slightly. Bit of a pick 'em. Yeah. Who are you feeling? I'm, I kind of want to ride with our boy McCarron here. Yeah. I, I, would, I'm, I would like to take the Battlehawks. Uh, Renegades, a huge favorite over the Orlando Guardians. Huge. Uh, Got to take the Renegades. 
Gotta take the Rams. And interesting, because we were talking about last week how a lot of the spreads are, are close in this. This one's eight and a half. Yeah, well, I think now that there's been a few games, I think it's yeah. probably starting to open up a little more. Uh, although Renegades is coming off a loss, although Orlando Guardians also coming off a loss. Uh, Renegades won in week one with uh, Orlando losing in week one. So 0-2 versus a 1-1 and team. I, I like going with the Renegades. Renegades all the way, baby. Yeah, Renegades, Renegades Nation. And then we got the Roughnecks taking on the Heinz Award-coached San Antonio Brahmas. Brahmas coming off a win, huge win against the uh, Orlando Guardians and a tough loss. On the other hand of the huge St. Louis Battlehawks comeback in week one. Yeah, And then the so, Roughnecks are, are 2-0 and as well. Two and zero. So Roughnecks, I believe, are the slight favorite or decent favorite uh, yeah. with a four and a half point spread. Uh, although I think we're just picking money line here. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Houston. Yeah, they like both their game, like their both their wins haven't really been. Well, I mean, technically, like, what do you call a close game in this league? Like with so many of the the different fun. Fun things and like what what is classified as a close game? Yeah, yeah, true. Well, and I think that is what's very exciting about this new XFL league is games never feel too out of reach with the yeah. with the extra conversion. You you can climb up quickly, and I think you're incentivized to do it because you're you're going for the conversion regardless. So it's not like you go can bigger. get like just go bigger, go home type thing. Yeah, like it feels like you know in the NFL the kick is a guaranteed point. Where yeah. you see the conversions a lot less, where teams the automatically, <laughs> yeah, but teams are rarely going for the one point from the five yard line. Like they're all seeming to take it back, always go for the two or go for the three. Yeah, which I think makes it exciting play. All right, so we're going with the Houston Roughnecks there, putting together our parlay. So that's the Sea Dragons, Battlehawks, Renegades, and Roughnecks, and that's the PGO parlay, folks. Boom. Boom is so that's right. That's our week three XFL uh, XFL parlay. PGO parlay. Boom. You damn well know it. Um, Locked in. We can do another episode soon, kind of going more into this, but we are on the brink of trade deadline here in the NHL. Yeah, it's coming up on, on Friday. Um, so in two days, maybe we do a special episode on Friday. Maybe do some live reporting. What do you say? Yeah. What do you well, say? I'm gonna, be, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be following it on on Friday heavily, so I'm always down. I will. Maybe we should look into doing that. Maybe do a YouTube live or something. Yeah. Do a live coverage. Follow follow some of the teams. Maybe cover when it first starts or when it first ends. Any of the last minute trades. Yeah. Yeah. So what have we seen so far? What are we expecting to see? Oh. So, so here's my. Oh, thing. It started off with an oh. The, so, and I and I will Wait, die can on I this. Ask that again. I want to repeat that moment. That was a great moment. Huh? Trades. Tell me about them. Oh, oh. So, oh. first off, and I will die on this hill. Out of the four die major, it, four major sports leagues, so the NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL trade deadline is by far the best. And it's 
not even close in terms of excitement and, and action, I would say. Like, obviously, well, the, the NFL trade deadline fucking blows. Like, I remember this year they were getting all hyped because there was, like, eight or nine trades made. And they're like, oh, this is wild. Um, and then, like, how hyped the NBA trade deadline was this see, year? So I was going to say, so... Half the fucking the league N- moved. So the NBA is, is phenomenal because there are... There, every year, there's always big-name players moving. Um, but, but, like, much like there is in, in the NHL, but it's a whole week of it. Like, going back to, like, mid, like, Wednesday of last week, so, like, you know, nine days straight of just constant trades, big trades, small trades, and it just spans for, for, like, a week and a half, and it's, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. Fair enough. Um... It's just a week-long affair of trades. Obviously, I do think you see this in every sport, uh, without a doubt. But I think maybe what makes the trade deadline so big in the NHL, you see this a little more. Uh, a lot of one-year rentals. A lot, yeah. A lot. Um, a lot. What are some notable ones we've seen so far this year, and what are some to maybe expect? Um, so, Toronto has been definitely... They, they've gone out and made quite a few trades now grabbing... Um, some rentals for this year, and I and and they kind of had to. Like as tough as it is to give up like the first round picks that they have, and 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 all this this like younger players and like future draft picks and whatnot, but they have to. And Would especially you think when in the push this year, they have to. And it, it's not even just for the team; it's also for their um, general manager Kyle Dubas. Um, and so obviously, every, like Toronto's been good the last few years, but they still haven't gotten out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, and they haven't done that since t- 2004. And this is the final year of Kyle Dubas's contract. So if the Leafs, you know, are, go out first round again, he he might be out of a job. Wow. So he's he's doing everything he can. He's making so many moves to try and improve the team, and especially and like in a year, like he should have done this a couple years ago. But now he's doing it, you know, Tampa Bay. They've went to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row and, mm-hmm. and won two of them. That, that's who Toronto's going to be playing in round one. And then even if Toronto somehow beats Tampa Bay, which I, I don't think they will, but if they find a way to, then you have to play the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Who, as of right now, are on pace to set the NHL record for most wins in a single season. Mm-hmm. So did you see their goalie score against Vancouver recently? I did, yeah. It was a huge goal. Um and 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 he's gonna and he's gonna win the Vezina this year as well. Probably the Willem M. Jennings. Like he's gonna win every award a goalie can pretty much win. Um oh yeah. Like unless he unless he drastically falls apart. Like drastically. My brother was actually at the game. Yeah, they played the Flames the other night. Well, no, no, he was at the Vancouver game when he, when he scored. Oh, shit, okay. And my brother did the 80 for Brady, where like he, oh, he yeah. got in the, the mic to the helmet, and he was like, goalie, shoot, shoot it, you shoot it. Got it. It's a little spoiler for those who haven't seen 80 for Brady, uh, otherwise Phenomenal known as the greatest movie. movie, greatest movie of all time. Greatest movie of all time. If it doesn't um, win an Oscar, we riot. Oh, 100%. 
Um, but yeah, so like Toronto's making all these huge moves because they have to. You know, this is kind of like they're they're in a win now mode, especially mm. when you've also got a guy um, like Mark Giordano, um, who actually just set the NHL record the other day for most block shots all time. So good on him. Um, wow. But so so he was he was Toronto's big acquisition last year mm-hmm. at at the trade deadline, and. He always wanted to play for Toronto. He enjoyed it there. And, you know, he's, he's a veteran now. He wants a cup. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's nearing the end of his career. Um, still phenomenal, though. And so he, actually, he was allegedly only going to be a rental. But then he said to Toronto, he's like, you know what? Like, I'll take a pay cut. Let's try and run it back. I want to win here. And so he signed a two-year deal making the league minimum. So I think he's making, like... 800,000 or something per year. Like he's not even making a million dollars to play this season in terms of like his base salary. I don't know if there's How does he pay rent? You know, I don't know if there's like signing bonuses or or incentives or whatnot, but endorsement so, deals. So yeah, so he took a major pay cut to be a great asset for the Leafs because he wanted to win there. And that helped them at the deadline this year because they've they had that little extra cap space to work with. Fair enough. Um could be their year. I think it. Either way, it has to be the East's year. Like if the if the cup doesn't go East, you'll look at uh, Dallas Stars there, three, four, five, six, seventh in the league. Yeah, like they would be. Yeah, like the and, best and in they're, the they're West the top, is the seventh top, in the yeah. East. Like, um, just absolute domination coming out of the East. But I hope you know you never know if you see the teams out of the East kind of beat each other up in the. Yeah. in the playoffs and then come the cup because you have to think the nhl has one of the harder trophies to win I, in, I, in the major four sports like I, if you I, talk I think about, it, i think it's the hardest yeah if you talk about the amount of games you need to win to get there um with like three rounds you could it's, it's go finished. through 28 games yeah and that's and if that happens you're playing literally every second day yeah, so you so, play one day you get one day off so you're doing that um a quarter but, of a season almost in a month pretty much yeah Two like months. that's that like that's 50 yeah 56 days and you're playing yeah. every second day and it's like 60 minute games you know and it's the playoffs so there's like way more body contact and hitting and rough stuff than than there is in the regular season so and let's think the very if, if you're playing all those games if every game is if every series is going to game seven what is the probability there's at least one or two double OT, triple OT games in there? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, like even, even a couple years ago playoffs. when, um, what I can't, uh, who was it? I, I want to say it was Tampa Bay and Columbus. I'm not, I don't know if that's true. Anyways, I know, I know it's for sure Tampa Bay did, but they, they've played an overtime game that went to like, and the plus went to like the fifth or sixth overtime. Mm-hmm. At like that it point, was, you're it playing was multiple hockey games in one night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just right. Ridiculous. And Just if that's ridiculous. a game, yeah, like it's yeah. Um, um, and so it's those are like you know. So that's the teams Toronto has to go up against. Um, just alone throughout their division, but you mm-hmm. still got like in the East, you still got other phenomenal teams like. You've got the Carolina Hurricanes who haven't well, actually they did they got Shane Goss's bear today, so a good pickup on defense for him. But then you've got the um New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers who 
over the last couple of days, they each um they each picked up uh Timo Meyer went to the the Devils and then Patrick Kane went to the Rangers, who are the two biggest um guys available at the trade deadline this year. Mm-hmm. So they picked up the two best players available and added them to their teams that are already really good. And then you've even got the Islanders still poking around in the mix. And they don't have near as strong of a roster as these other teams. But, you know, a couple years ago, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years with relatively the same team. And it's just because it's just the way that that team operates on a more defensive-type system, which has has proven to be successful for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. It, the interesting thing, though, is so New Jersey did. So, so who's the talking, biggest rental? So, and, and this is my thing. Because um, it, it depends on the way you look at it in terms of. Because, like, obviously Patrick Kane went to the Rangers, you know, in his prime, one of the best, like, one of a top five player in the league. He's still a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Rangers only gave up, uh, they gave up a conditional first. And I believe that only turns into a first if they make the Eastern conference final, if not, it just stays as a second round pick and then a fourth for Patrick Kane. So the Rangers got a really good deal there. And now New Jersey, in my opinion, this could be the biggest rental by far. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of stuff like we won't know f- until you know come the draft and free agency, kind of what happens. Um, but so New Jersey gave up quite a big, and when I say big, I mean more in uh, quantity, not quality. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded for Timo Meyer from San Jose, who's probably the best young power forward in the NHL right now, in my opinion. All right. Um, he, totally he's, not he was, biased. He was, no, 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 not even. He he just came off a thirty goal, uh, thirty plus goal season last year. He's already hit thirty this year, almost a point per game on a pretty rough San Jose team. Um, led the team in in hits and shots. Uh, he he really does it all. But so the thing is, is so his contract is up at the end of the season, but he is a restricted free agent. Um. Which means New Jersey can retain his rights at the end of the season if they want to without a contract extension, but they they have to pay him ten million dollars in doing so. Which is do a, they have like, the cap space is, to do so? They they do, but they would have to lose a lot of pieces to do that. I think. And so Meyer and his agent, when they it sounds like right now they they're kind of wanting in the range of nine million dollars plus to sign like a you know, a seven or eight year extension mm-hmm. and the devils, it doesn't sound like they want to do that because they don't want to pay anyone more than Jack Hughes, who is their best player. And he's only making $8 million. Fair enough. So it's like, you know, what, what's got like, is, is one side going to have to give or, or budge or how does, um, how that's going to work. Even something I mentioned um, to someone a couple weeks ago, is if you're a team, you could easily, you know, uh, you you give up what all the pieces that New Jersey did. You get Meyer for the playoffs, you know, you you use him for that. And then, and then he's still an RFA at the end of the season. And so if there's a team that's willing to pay him that, you know, $9 million, whatever, for eight years, 
you can still trade him away to a team and get a bunch of value back for him. True. Very so basically, true. you're not really losing assets. You're just getting him for the playoffs to make a good run. And if it works out, great, you win a cup. If not, okay, we can still send you somewhere that you want to go. They'll pay you, and then mm-hmm. we'll get our, our, all of our um, you know, prospects and picks that we gave away. Yeah. Has so, Boston, sorry. No, yeah, no, that, that was the end of my point. It, it's just going to be very interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Mm-hmm. Has Boston made any big moves, or are they kind of maintaining course again? You were saying earlier they're on pace to break a record only eight losses so far this year. Um, am I correct in that? Uh, eight losses in regulation, yeah. In regulation. And then they've lost five over time. So five OT sure. losses. Over like, they're, they're at 99 points right now. Yeah. Like, they are almost at 100 impressive. points come the actual trade deadline date, which would be, like, well, I guess, do, like, do they... And they play the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow. So if they win that, like, they're at 100 points. They're at 100, that, eh? Which is incredible. Like, that's out of this world. So, the, and they haven't made a big move yet? Um, I mean, they, they, the thing is, is they've already got such good talent, like, up front. Oh, yeah, for sure. And everything's been running so well. So they Why didn't need to go out and, like, and that's the old saying, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. Yeah. But they did give, I believe it was a first... I want to say a first, a second, and a third in Craig wow. Smith for Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway from the Capitals. Both, wow. um, both, both, both guys who who won a cup with Washington. Um, actually, the Orlov's other night, uh, I know that. Eh? Yeah, the other night in in Calgary, actually, Orlov uh, in Boston's fourth three overtime win. Um, Orlov had two goals and an assist in the game as a defenseman. So goals and an assist—that's quite impressive. So, do you think? He'll play a, a significant role going into the playoffs. That's a huge do, move, giving up so. three picks and a player, one of them being a first yeah. round. That's obviously a very aggressive move. I know, I'm sure they can predict they're not obviously going to get a high first round or high any pick this year. The only Fair thing enough. I will say is Boston should have stayed patient. Yeah. They should have. And, and for the sole reason at the fact that um, they were heavily, you know, and 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 they they were rumored in it for a while. Um, they really wanted to get uh, Jacob Chikrin from the Coyotes, mm. who like great contract. He's only making four point six million per season. He's twenty four years old. His contract's for another two years after this one. Um, and so Boston really wanted him. The problem was was Arizona's asking price was out of this world like stupid high no one was willing yeah. to pay it so all the teams that were rumored to be interested like um washington boston la and i think there was another one but i can't remember off the top of my head um but so then they all went out and got you know their own guys and eventually the only team left was ottawa and they they stood their ground and they ended up getting chicken for I think a first and two seconds. Wow. Which. Okay. Yeah, a first and two seconds. And so, like, really, they only turned, like, they, like Boston could have done that had they mm. stayed patient. And then, like, obviously, like, Garnet Hathaway's not going to be a huge piece for them. It, it was really focused around Orlov. Orlov, yeah. Fair so enough. It's like Boston could have stayed patient and got him. 
But I'm not. I. I. If I'm them, I'm not upset with with Hathaway and Orlov for the playoffs. What position is Pickering? Pickering. Pickering. Uh, he. He. He's also a defenseman. Okay. And ha- what's the other guy? Hathaway. Yeah. He's a what's- forward. Forward. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, Hathaway is kind of a guy you would want in the playoffs because, like, he, he's he's like a Marchand that will fight, but with less offensive skill. He loves okay. getting mixed up in the play, loves to start shit. He's willing to fight. He can chip so in occasionally here and there. Strong fourth liner we're talking? Yeah. Like, do you, yeah. will, will he start? Is he on the roster? Oh, yeah, he's playing right now. Yeah, so, yeah, so he is a good, a good fourth line player. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, and that was really, you know, again, it's like Boston's so good. It's like, and we even saw it a couple years ago when, it, as crazy enough as it was, the Arizona Coyotes were first in their entire conference, in the, in the entire West. And they wanted to, you know, just build on the momentum, keep going. So it wasn't even at the trade deadline. It was the middle of December. They traded for Taylor Hall from New Jersey, who had, just won the Hart Trophy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Great player. And the team. And they gave up a lot for him. Yeah. Like, a lot. And the team just took a nosedive when they got him. Like, everything was running so good and smoothly. And then you think, like, okay, now they just brought in, arguably at the time, a top 10 winger in the league. But, like, the team's just going to get so much better. And it, it just got worse and worse and worse. And so, I give the Bruins credit. They... Said, you know, we'll go, we'll make minor moves to kind of help out our defense a little more. We got a fourth line player and they're, and they're still cruising. Like, yeah. And so I fair play to them. That a minor move. I would say that's a, that's a huge move bringing in a, where would you rank Orlov as far as defensemen go? I would put him in the, in the top uh, 50% of the league. Oh, 100% top 50% for sure. You top could 25? make the argument. Top so top twenty five, I think, is kind of right around where he's at. Yeah. Um, so if you ask me, very skilled defensive because like Boston... if you asked me two or three years ago, I would say he's in the top twenty five percent. But now, just obviously, he's you know a little bit older um, and whatnot. But but still, a, a, a phenomenal defenseman in my opinion. Yeah, and and I'm sure a great locker room presence, a fourth line scrapper in there as well. You said their goalies on pace to win. Um, What's the the Vesna and the the William the William M Jennings? Okay, and you think he's on pace to win that for sure? I I again, it's like unless he drastically falls apart and crumbles. Yeah. So if you have a good goalie, and then you're you're gonna add some more defensive help there, but Orlov, I guess so far in his what first game with the team has proven to be an offensive asset as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think that's an excellent big move. I'd say that's a big move for sure, but but a good one. Oh, hundred percent. Now, Any, oh yeah, go for it. So, I was unsure how to feel about this last night because, as a San Jose fan, we we don't like the LA Kings. We don't like the the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And so when it happened, it, it was like two years ago now, kind of, a year and a half-ish. So when Marc-Andre Fleury had just won the, the Vesna with Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and, and really kind of their franchise player from the moment that team started, 
like it was he was grabbed he was the big name and even i think it was in their first season um the mo like they mo the player jersey sales um the most was from flurry okay and it's like but it's just like you don't see that with any other team for a goalie like regard like even vasilevsky um you know, okay. arguably the best goalie in the NHL. You you don't see him leading the team in jersey sales. No, and, but I and think the historic name plus the trade. I think yeah. the trade was the the. Well, the they they just they just got him through the expansion draft, so they got him for free because Pittsburgh had to let one of their goalies go. So then there you go. So you got you got a historic goalie, um, one one with a lot of history in the league. Like I remember vividly, I think it was the 2008 Cup they won. Do you remember with like ten seconds left that diving save he oh, made in game save. seven or whatever? Huge save. Like Phenomenal. I think there was there was a, com- a Nike commercial about that specific save. I think there was, yeah. So you you have a talent like that going to a totally new franchise. So so a market that is going to want to build. So they're going to want to go out and buy jerseys. This is a totally new fan base. It only makes sense that he would jump to leadership in uh, jersey sales. Yeah, and so. It was after after everything he had done for for that franchise, kind of the face of it. Fans loved him. Um, they send him off to Chicago for nothing. Like they literally trade him Chicago for nothing, just because they wanted to get rid of his contract. And fans were furious. And so then last night, nobody, nobody expecting this to happen. Um, but the LA Kings make a trade with Columbus and they trade Jonathan Quick, their franchise goalie for, you know, the last decade and a half. They ship him off to to the, the very worst team in the league. Wow. And people are pissed. And and I would say rightfully so, because I uh you had Dustin Brown, you know, you know, obviously he was the captain when he won two cups and then you strip him of the captaincy, he kind of becomes more of a third-line player. They kept him on the team with his huge, you know, contract. And I'm not because, oh, you know, he's a, he's a lifelong Kings player, um, great guy in the locker room. Like, he, he deserves to retire here. And they let him ride it out there. He retired. They put up a fucking statue of him in L.A. And so then you do this to, to Jonathan Quick, who, without him, you don't win those two cups at yeah. all. And 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 not only that, you you send them to the worst team in the league. Yeah, like when you've got other goalies that you could have moved. Why? Like and and they they made the move to get a good defenseman to tighten up their defense in Gavrikov, and they got uh, Korpisalo, who is a goalie. Mm-hmm. But it's like even move one of your other goalies and yeah. and let Quick be the backup because he's on the final year of his contract. Do you think he retires after this year? And that's a thing. I genuinely, I like if one. I don't think he's got like, he's done everything he can in his career now. Like I honestly thought he was gonna, you know, finish the season out, be be a backup, and then retire at the end of the season as a member of the Kings. Mm-hmm. Or, or he signs for like Giordano did league minimum, one year comes in as the backup and kind of has one final year, just being the backup in. And, you know, maybe mentoring a younger goalie and helping him out or something. He played, what, 10 seasons? Quick? Yeah. Oh, more than that. Um, his total game is played with 743. 
Yeah, let me let me see what because he, he is so he's thirty seven. So his first year in the league, he came in was uh, the two thousand seven two thousand and eight season. Okay, where he only played three games. So not counting that uh, one, two, three, four. Oh, there five, you go. Never mind. Sorry, I just I, I switched over to a different line. Yeah, so he's, he's in he's his fifteenth season. Fifteen. 15 years with the, the club as, as a full-time member. Would you say first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he won the con Smythe as the, the playoff MVP in, in 2012 when they won the cup. Mm-hmm. He's won the William M. Jennings twice, yeah. which is for like the, the lowest goals against. It's kind of a team award more so, but the goalies get the credit for it. Oh, well, as they should. Um, Just as when we were talking yeah. about it, I looked up that Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury Game 7 save. 2009 Cup Final. Bro, I got fucking chills all over again. Yeah. Easily one of, like, that's up there for one of the best Stanley Cup moments. Maybe I'm just nostalgic, no? No, it has to be. Am I just, is it just because that was, I was young and and very watching hockey It was such a huge save, though. It was the biggest. And so with that quick trade, though, so it happened last night, right after the Kings, uh, one in a shootout against a really good Winnipeg team in Winnipeg. And 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 even uh, their their captain on say Kopitar had a four goal game. Mm. It's like the team was feeling good. Yeah. And then they're getting on the plane, getting ready to go back to, to LA, and that's when they, they made the trade official and broke the news. Oh my god. And all the reports and just like oh like so many tears were being shed on the plane. Players are pissed off at management. Like, it sounds like the locker room's not in a good place right now. Like, they are not happy with management. Wow, that was going to be my next question. Do you think this loses a locker room? And, like, and that's a thing. Like, when you've got a guy who gave much... his heart and soul to this team for 15 years to then treat him like this, it's... And, like, I get hockey's a business. Like, I get... At the end of the day, owners and GMs are, you know, they, they put the team's success above all else. Like, I do get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you, you don't even talk to him about it before. And you just throw him in a trade and it's like, you ship him off to bottom team in the league. Yeah. Now, the fun part. You ready for the fun part? Oh, give me the fun part, Brandon. And I am so excited. If this happens, this will be incredible. So... It does now sound like Columbus is trying to flip quick to a different team. Yeah. The team that it sounds like he's probably going to go to is the Vegas Golden Knights. Nice. And there is a very... I don't... Would he start for them? I, and that's the thing. If they go and trade for him, you got to think so, right? Or he's at least going to be a backup. Well, yeah. Do the Knights need a goalie? So that's the thing. Is is so they don't overly like they've they've used the tandem of Thompson and and Hill for um oh for for pretty much the pretty much the entire season. So Thompson is out injured right now with the lower body. He's on the uh, IR. So don't know when he's coming back. And so they they do still have Aiden Hill, but. You know, if Thompson's out long term, you know, you're going to need a, 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 another goalie there to run with Hill for the time being. Yeah. Quick's, Quick's kind of one of the only goalie names left out there. Wow. And, and so 
there's a very good chance we could see Vegas and LA first round in the playoffs. Isn't and that interesting? What a, what a series that would be if Quick is the starter and then he goes up against the Kings. Like, yeah, that, that would that would be out of this. Like, that would be out of this world. That would that, that would, would be, be such a great cool. storyline. And then it's tough Quick's because it's to like win. Oh, see, I, do I, feel I would, like I would, I would still point. want him to lose. I would still want him to lose. Oh, I hate come on, Brandon. Him. No. My, again, that's my like my dislike for Vegas comes above a player's feelings. <laughs> like it does. Yeah, fair enough. It, it fair does. Right. Sour grapes, I get it. Um, uh, but, okay, but, but do, if, do you think if that if emotionally? Vegas won, that... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like super pissed off. I'd be like less pissed yeah. off. That trade, though, do you think that tanks the locker room for Los Angeles? If 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 Fairball you could. you were saying the the team's very not happy with management, we were talking earlier. I know these guys aren't in the same position the Coyotes were, but you talk about a big trade at the trade deadline, and then it goes down. I know this wasn't necessarily a big trade, but still a move that could this have impact on the team moving forward? How big of a locker room presence was Quick? How big was that cohesion with the team? Just having him there, even at practice, you think. The backup goalie has to play a huge role in the day-to-day practices, right? Yeah. You think about all the shots and all that interaction. How is that? How is that going to affect the team? Yeah, and backup goalies like they get so much love and respect from players. Mm-hmm. Like they really do. When it's like the day of a practice, and um, like. You know, you, you, you're, you're the backups. You're not playing that night. The starting goalie goes off to, you know, start doing his stuff to, to prepare for the game, you know, rest, whatever. Backup goalies usually stay on the ice a bit longer. And and if players want to stay out there and practice some, some stuff and shoot on them, like they usually do. And, and so they, they're honestly such a huge part to the team. And they don't get the love, I feel like, from, from the media and stuff. Like it's like, oh, you know, they go out and they grab a, a backup. It's like, it's so much more than just a backup goalie. It's so and much more. Sorry. When you're a team like LA that they're like they're just kind of coming off a rebuild. Like they're they're still a pretty young team. Mm-hmm. And, and you just gotta feel like he was such a good guy with those young players. Like it sounds like everybody loved being around him. Like if you've got a whole team of grown ass men crying in crying on an airplane after a six five win against mm-hmm. a really good team, like that's gotta tell you all you need to know about the impact he had on the team and what he uh-huh. meant to the guys. A hundred percent. And you have to like almost look at the non-tangibles sometimes and thinking like that vet, that much of a veteran goalie, you know, like we were kind of saying a first ballot hall of famer, a, a name in the league. When you're talking about a young team coming off of a rebuild, if the backup kind of, again, to what you were saying is the guy putting in that extra practice time with the yeah. players. What, what are those interactions he's had with those young guys? Like, how has he exactly. helped in, in purely team development point of view? And how is that going to go forward into the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. Going to be it, interesting. Yeah. And it's just such a piss off, like, because I, I really didn't like Dustin Brown on the Kings. I loved Quick. I hated playing against him, but like, yeah. L- loved, um, yeah. And, and so it's so tough to watch him, you know, do all the great stuff they did for, for Dustin Brown and whatnot, and then to treat quick like this, it's just like. But but again, like I do get it. You mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, you got to do what you can to try and win a cup. You quick, quick, quick did have a, a fair size cap hit, and it's a lot to be paying for a backup. So yeah, know that. And and again, it I, is like, as Belichick taught us, it's a business. It is, yeah. 
Um, awesome. Uh, any, yeah, any lo- more lots, lots of big, like just, yeah, aside from that, like lots of big stuff. Um, like coming up with the trade deadline, lots more big moves um, to happen. It's it's going to be really interesting to see. How do you know, we feel about doing a special no one... episode Friday for it? Yeah. I was just going to say, um, favorite trades. like it's just, it's wild when all these teams in the East, it's already stacked, just keep loading up. And it's a lot of players, like good players, they're picking out of the West. And not many teams in the West right now are, are making big moves. Like Edmonton made a big trade for Matthias Ekholm. But like other than that, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because none of these teams are, are making big moves just yet to, to get guys. So Fair enough. Um, All right, if that, if that wraps up the NHL news, and I do think we should do oh. a special episode on Friday um, for sure. Uh, with that, yeah. but moving I'm just on. Gonna to give a, an, I was going to give a quick update on the Bedard, um, Bedard standings Bedard for you. Yeah, all right. So who's at as the of bottom right now? As of right now, actually, um, I got the game on. Uh, Anaheim is now going to overtime with Washington. Um, so for argument's sake, I'm going to say Anaheim loses and yeah. they just get one point. So currently in last place is the Columbus Blue Jackets with 46 yeah. points. Okay. In second last will be Chicago with 47. It's only one point behind. Yeah. And then in 30th and 29th, 29th, if this is if Anaheim loses in tonight now, um, Anaheim and San Jose will be tied with 48. It's only two points behind Columbus. You're really rooting for San Jose. And then today. 28 is uh, the Coyotes with 51. So it's it's getting closer now, it's, and all, all these awesome. teams at the bottom—Columbus, uh, Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, Arizona—all of them have been shipping off um, big name players. Are going to continue shopping, um, shipping out big name players. So they're all like they're all losing some talent. Like they're only gonna keep getting worse mm-hmm. up up until Friday. How awesome would it be? And just suspend all hate for a while this is coming from a bruins fan but imagine if there was just a total fuck around and somehow the canadians got them oh how beautiful would that be yeah number one pick next superstar playing in the montreal canadians come on come on i would i would i would say vancouver more yeah but just on just on the sole fact he, he is a bc boy grew up loving the canucks like BC boy, I'm just talking pure from the hockey standpoint because you you hate the Blackhawks so much, but I'm talking an original Blackhawks were an original six, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I, Montreal I would, would be would be awesome. I would agree because they've got such a young team. And how nice would and it's, original six like yeah yeah and and you you're staunchly against him going to the Blackhawks, which I understand, but yeah, they've traded him. away Kane. They're hey they're changing some of that. Doesn't culture. matter. It it was the entire the entire franchise. They all where knew. did Kane go? Uh, the Rangers. The Rangers, that's right. Well, he's um, now reunited with Panera and his old line mate in Chicago. Reunited. He was great with. Feels so good. Those, those two are buddies again. And well, that, that, that's the Bedard hunt as we have it. Again, I'm, I, I understand your fandom for the San Jose Sharks. There is a big Obviously. part of me that's rooting for an original sixth placement just because, man. Just because. I find it funny, I though, like how that. the I other. Like that way. Um, the other day. Or no, so that, actually, I think I think this was about around the All Star break, um, so about a month ago. 
but Gary Bettman, the the commissioner of the NHL, he was doing he was in an interview and he was talking about how like he, he was asked a question about like what does he think about you know teams tanking for a guy like Bedard, and his his response was oh like uh like like nobody tanks in this league everybody's got too much pride and stuff and I'm like come on man uh and I only say yeah. that because like I think obviously and I feel this way personally. Just as there we go, Anaheim lost, so they are tied with San Jose. Um, uh, oh, j- just from like you know, growing up and playing as many sports as I did, especially hockey, like, like I would never purposely go out there and lose a game, exactly because losing sucks, yeah. And so that's why my point or my, my view is that players don't tank. Mm-hmm. But if you're an if you're a coach in the NHL, a general manager, a owner, if you see a guy like Connor Bedard coming up in this draft, and you know you're going to be near the bottom of the league, you're going to try and screw over the team as much as you can. Yeah, without a doubt. Like if you're a coach, you're going to be like making odd lineup changes, scratching guys, and and you know, I, you're going to be trying to screw the team. If you're a GM, I mean. You know, you can make the argument, yeah, they are they they like they are trading away some good players and stuff, but they are getting picks and prospects back to build for the future. But you are making your team worse. Um, you could yeah. make the argument uh, in the GM perspective. I do think you can make the argument if if you're trading it away for prospects and picks at the same time that you're in the bottom five of the league. It's less of a tank and more of a you know you're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. If you get Bedard as part of that rebuild, holy bonus. But if will, not, you might oh, as well load up oh, on picks and prospects because you know you're you're on the turnaround. Holy bonus for GMs. Arguably, you get Connor Bedard, you've got job security for the next fifteen years. Cause you've you've got a f- Oh, so I was gonna die for a sec. Um you've got a franchise player now. If you can put the right pieces around him, yeah. like, you know, you're going to be a playoff team every year. You're going to be like the Penguins He's did for years with, with Crosby. They, I think He's they're good. Yeah. And Washington with Ovechkin. Like, yeah. He's and so good. if you keep making the playoffs every year and then going, maybe winning a few cups or second round, third round, going to the cup final, maybe losing, you're not going to lose your job. If you if you're consistently putting a good team out there every season, which you easily can with Bedard, like you're 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 not gonna have to worry about losing your job. So, but I, but yeah, they are trading obviously, um, like players and picks and whatnot for, um, because they know they are rebuilding it and they, so they're getting stuff back. But so do they? So whoever whoever gets Bedard. Do they develop him at all, or is it straight to the starting lineup? He's one of those guys. He's straight into the starting lineup. Like he's he's already he's there. Like a a, a phenom in the in the the WHL. Like he's got more six point games or as many six point games this season as he has zero point games. Wow! Holy cow! Like. Well, and he's, yeah. he's on pace to crush the 50 and 50, right? He's already done it. He already did it? Yeah, he's already done it. He had his first uh, pointless game in a while, though. Mm-hmm. Fucking Actually, bomb. Bedard got his 50th goal of the season the same night McDavid did in the NHL. Oh, wow. 
Um, but no, yeah, whatever team gets him, like, you know, maybe, maybe he's not first line, but like, he is definitely, uh, he, he is definitely in the starting lineup for teams for sure. Yeah, you think so? Has to be. Like, he is on the level of, and, and people are saying he could be better in the NHL than Connor McDavid is. Crazy enough as it is, given what McDavid is doing right now. Yeah, he, eh? Some people do believe that. But, like, he is a Connor McDavid. He's a Alex Ovechkin, a Sidney Crosby, um, you know, an Austin Matthews. Like, he is that good. McDavid didn't go 15-50 this year, did he? No. No. Close. Um, we were, uh, we were guessing who was going to lead the league in goals this year. Who did we have at the start, at the start of the season? Weren't we, we had someone, wasn't it Stamkos? No, Matthews. Uh, yeah. Cause I he had th- that huge year last year. Actually, I think I might've said dry sidle. Um, I can't remember. I don't think I had, I, I, well, I, I didn't have McDavid pick. I obviously had him picked for most points, which he's mm. 20 points ahead of the guy in second. So, And the guy in second struggles. He, yeah, like he's easily winning that. Um, What's that? Yeah. The, the, the Art Ross for, for Art most Ross. points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's going to be very interesting to see where Bedard lands and kind of what his immediate impact can be. Yeah. Um, and 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 what the team's willing to build around him. I like again not even not even to go towards a tank that that makes me cheer for the Sharks more if they are unloading their team to get picks and prospects. If he is this good, build a young team around him. Exactly. Keep some of some vets in there, like allow him to develop on the team, allow there to be veteran presence in the locker room so he's not forced into it. Like um mm-hmm. You know, obviously, guys like Crosby, McDavid, they get the C very early, but allow there to still be veteran presence to assist with that. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it's not, it doesn't kind of fall on them. But I, I would rather, like, not even a team that's tanking, but I'd rather it go to a team that's unloading to rebuild rather than a team that just sucks. And yeah, it's going exactly. like, he will save us. Which is which is kind of why I don't like I don't want to see him go to, um. Well, I mean, I mean, I yeah, yeah. Like I'll say, I don't want him to go to Chicago or Anaheim. Really don't. But like Columbus, like you know, like they've still got good players. There. Like it sucks they lost Rowenski to start like at the start of the season. Like yeah. they're by far their best defenseman. But like they still the got like yeah. Ruined his shoulder, had to get surgery. But like they still got Patrick Line, and they 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 got Johnny Goudreau. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it funny though how Goudreau literally was like, uh, went to Columbus because he's like, I came here to win games, and he turned down an even better offer from the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. And now the Devils are third in the league without Goudreau. Like, imagine if they had him. And now he's on the worst team in the league, Columbus. So I is find that very. Is he still producing though, or is he having an off he is. season? No, he yeah, is. He's, he's still producing, eh? Honestly, he is like, he's almost a point per game. Wow. And and he's at fifty four points, and the next is Line A at thirty nine. Yeah. Um, but he missed he missed some games. So going to the next guy, which is Roslovic, who's played pretty much the, the like Goudreau's played only one more game than him. Goudreau has twenty more points than him. 
Wow. So like, you know, and if they didn't have Goudreau, like I think Columbus would be so far below them that they would, they would easily end the season with the best overall odds. Yeah. Eh? So maybe, maybe signing Goudreau is a bit of a curse for the Blue Jackets if they don't get the first overall pick. Yeah. Well. Well, and then, but then that that changes it again to if um, Bedard goes to that team. Well, then that wouldn't be bad in regards to. Um, having the presence of someone like a Goudreau, a Line, and and they have yeah. the pieces there that I guess they just aren't able to put in put into place. But and it's the reason I don't want to see him go to Anaheim. As much fun as it would be, um, it it it's it's such a young team, which is why I think they are as bad as they are with the amount of great talent they have. And it's because they have, like, no veterans on the team, no leadership. Yeah. And that comes to, you know, their lifelong leaders, like uh, when Ryan Kessler was there and Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, um, all those guys, you know, as they get older, they, they leave or retire, and, but they, and they didn't do anything to replace them. Mm-hmm. Um, like where San Jose, you know, for years you had, had, you had uh, um, Joe, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Dan Boyle. And you allowed those players when they were veterans to teach the younger guys like Hurdle, Couture, um, Vlasic, and, and so on. To the point now when those got older guys, those leaders are gone. You've now got this new crop in that's now mm-hmm. teaching the younger guys. And it's, it, it's just kind of a cycle. Yeah. Whereas the, the Ducks didn't do that. Shame. So just that it's, yeah, it reminds me, I can't remember who the player was. I remember he was on a podcast I listened to, and he was talking about it was like his first or second year in the league, and like the average age on the team was like 24, 25, somewhere in there. Like he said, it was just a bunch of kids. And so he said, like, as fun as it was with all the guys, because like they're all kind of the same age, he said yeah. there, there was no structure to the team. That's and it's like, like, yeah, like the guys probably have fun with their buddies, but you're not going to produce a good team. Very true. So, but he would well, be fun with that phenomenal young talent there. I would say that. Don't want to see it, but would be fun. Well, I think either way, we've kind of talked ourselves into pretty much every team other than the Blackhawks here, other than them being an original six. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting just to see him in the league and see what he's able to do and the impact he's able to have on teams. Um, yeah. Do you know what I think we hope he wouldn't be? Hmm. A problem child. True. Yeah. Holy transitions, Batman. That was a good one. That was um, very so good. Jake the problem child, Paul, recently lost to Tommy, the younger did. brother, Fury. Um, he did. Such a mean nickname. Um, yeah, so... I didn't watch the fight, watch some highlights. Looked like a decent fight. Looked like a lot of clinch work for sure. Um, yeah. Did you watch it? I didn't, know. I, I couldn't be bothered to. Boy, are we great analysts or what, folks? Yeah. It's a sports I didn't. I, didn't I, I only cared about the results. I really didn't care for it too much. Yeah, and we put money like on really Tommy didn't. Fury. Yeah. We we won on that one. That was we that did. was a we good did. win for the we PGO did. team. That was a good call by you. It was a good call we by you. We predicted that. Um, you, you talked me out of taking Jake. It's a team. It's a team. All right. Effort. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we win together. We lose together. Um, 
Damn straight. Damn straight. But yeah, no, that was uh, very interesting to see where he'll go from here. Obviously, there will be an immediate rematch, um, which is usually the next step in those kind of situations. I think Tommy Fury wins the rematch. I think so, too. And Especially I when say, you look at Tyson I Fury don't... in the rematch against Wilder. Yeah. And I got to give him credit. He didn't fall for, for Jake Paul's bait. Yeah. You know, Jake Paul, and he, he did, and I noticed that he did the same stunt with, um, uh, with Woodley. So he gets in his head with like a bunch of shit and he crosses the line. And then before the fight, like a couple days before, he gave him that, that Rolex. Oh, I didn't and, see And that. tried to kind of like butter him up and, and try to like be like, you know, I'm trying to show you like I'm not a bad guy. And then he kind of gets in their head and throws him off. He did the same thing with Fury. Um, I don't know exactly what he did, but I guess he leaked the news of Tyson's uh, baby before he did or something, before he could come out Jesus. with it. And so then he did the same thing. He's like tried to um, give him an olive branch and he gave him, I, I don't think he ever opened it, or at least what I saw, he didn't open it. I don't know what it was, but he gave him uh, a gift for, for his child. Insane. And um, so it's like, again, wow. it's like kind of similar. I, th- I felt like he was trying to get in his head and. And whatnot, like he starts off being a total asshole and is like, "Hey, look, I'm not a bad guy. Like, you know, here's a gift. I'm I'm trying to make amends." And but it, it didn't work this time. When when you said he went for the same tricks, I thought you meant uh, that big looping overhand right. <laughs> oh well, maybe it did. I don't know. I didn't watch the fight, but I, uh, I'm so, assuming so he probably I did. Some, I watched some highlights, and maybe that just made it into the highlights more than other ones. But that that felt like. You know, that, that was his big knockout punch with Woodley. That was his big knockout punch with Askren. Um, yeah. What was it? Robinson? I think Robinson was a check hook. Um, but that big looping right, um, that, that, that did him well. And I, I wonder if he was kind of looking for that again or relying on that a little too much. Um, and, and you saw him rushing in a lot, ducking the head in the later rounds with Fury um, being able to land quite a few uppercuts um, and good ones at that. I don't make much of um, Fury getting dropped in the later rounds. To me, that just that felt like a stumble more than anything. I don't think that was a pat. He was stepping forward as it was almost like a jab, and he slid back. Yeah. Like like to me, I don't I don't rule that much. Um both fighters lost a point uh for shots to the back of the head, uh, a lot of clinch work. One of the judges did give uh it to Jake, which again I think sparks even more um e- even more chatter for the rematch. But again, you look at someone like his brother Tyson Fury, I know I know it's easy and hard at the same time to make these comparisons. Um but look at how he did in in rematches, like you know, against Wilder, especially. Like yeah. every time, getting I think better and better. Like, yeah, out outdoing his old performance, outdoing Wilder's expectation of the new performance. Like I think both times Wilder improved. Maybe not from the first to the second fight, but definitely the second to the third. And I think both times, um, Tyson Fury had to one up himself. To, to a quite high degree. So I think, you know, when you do have that training camp ability, right? Like you're working with the similar people Tyson was able to work with. I'm sure there there is 
or at least can be a good amount of crossover if that's wanted on uh, Tommy Fury's side. Um, I think if if he uses those resources, I I think it's it's a knockout for him in the rematch. Personally, yeah, I think yeah. I think he lands the KO because I think he proved he has power. I think he proved he can land the shots. He's quick and he he has the boxing ability, and I think he he is getting better and and a lot of people talk about you know the weakness of his past opponents and i think you know everyone goes oh like his opponents were a collective you know 10 and 112 or something like it was some outrageous stat he was fighting tomato cans but that that's very common in boxing now you look at jake paul's pedigree nate robinson not a boxer then he fought another youtuber then he fought um, Ben Askren. Like, you know, we, everyone going into it was, was hype, finding a way to hype him up. Well, he's an Olympian. Well, he's this because we wanted him to beat Jake Paul. We wanted that huge upset. We wanted the doughy guy to beat him up. But looking yeah. back in hindsight, that was a horrible matchup. Then the decision went against Tyron Woodley, or even was that a draw? Um, or no, maybe a decision oh. win. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, no, he did beat him. Yeah, and and then they, the knockout win. Yeah, but Woodley, knockout. as good as Woodley is, and as much as he was a UFC champion, was coming off a what five fight losing streak. Um, one famously recently coming off, I think he TKO lost to Vicente Luque. But before that, the big criticism of his losing streak was his uh, timidness, I guess you could say, to throw punches. Gets knocked out flat-footed. Um, and then the next fight, uh, was there maybe another one in there? And then I think maybe he went on right to Anderson Silva. Again, a good fighter, nonetheless, someone that could beat us all up, but 45 years old. Yeah. Those punches are going to land a little harder. Anderson does have a history of getting KO'd. Like, he's not, he doesn't have the iron chin he used to. A lot of his last fights were he was getting dropped. Um, just going to plug something in the middle here. Mm-hmm. Just because it just popped up for me. Um, and we're talking about how good McDavid is, especially this season. He's only the fifth player in NHL history now to have a five-game multi-goal streak. So he scored two or mo- more goals in five games straight, which is fucking incredible. All right, let me guess the other players. I don't even know who five? they are. I don't even know who they are. All right, hold up. Then I'll pull them up. You guess. You'll do better. Um, so what is it? NHL five-game goal streak? Five-game multi-goal streak. Says he's only the fifth, fifth, uh, fifth player to do it. Which is incredible, because I remember I, it was a couple, well, actually more than a couple now, obviously. But I remember Patrick Marlowe was close to doing it with San Jose. He, he did it for four games in a row. Um, but didn't get that fifth one. I'm trying to look up who else uh, who else shares that title with him. I have, I have a few guys who I think it could be. Just and it's a lot of like I don't think any Easy recent picks. players. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here I pulled it up. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. Fifth player in history. Two, you're, I, I don't know if you're going to get any of them. 
You might get one. Really? Yeah. Two of them are ancient ones. I'll give you hints. One of them was in, like, two of them were in 1921 and 1922, to put this in perspective. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Shit. Fuck, so that, yeah. There's one player Uh, on there that I would have guessed. He would have been my second or third guess. Well, my first two are... Uh, like obviously Gretzky and Lemieux. So it's Mario Lemieux. So Gretzky didn't. No. Wow. Is Mike Bossy on there? Nope. Huh. Um. I don't know, Gordy Howe. No. Oh, yeah. actually, I I I saw something. Uh, I was reading something. This was like a couple years ago, but I remember uh, McGillney did it. Yep, Alexander. I know, McGill- I know McGillney did it. So, so McGill- so McGillney that, and Lemieux were the three in the modern era, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then so the two. Do you want to even take a while? Do you know anyone that played in 1921? Uh, fucking Howie Morenz. Nope. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who these guys are, but they got great names. Uh, the first one is Joe Malone. Uh, it's just popping up now for me on here. They're still talking about it. Joe so I have, Malone. I have heard of Joe Malone, actually. All right. That, that's a good name. That's a good name to have heard of. And Punch this other Broadbent. Name, never heard of him. Buddy named Punch. I love that. I love never that name. Him. I'm naming that's my a first child name. Punch. That's I'm a name, hockey I'm name. naming my first child. Is he going to be Punch Collison? Oh, that would that's, a great, that's a great name. Yeah, I um, wouldn't have got those two. Yeah, and I don't blame you. Um, most goals by an Oiler in their first 62 games of the season. Oh, he's just breaking records. Left uh, no, game. never mind. No. He's he's low on the list still. Yeah, this he's makes... got lots of time, though. Okay, guess who, guess who had most goals in their first 62 games, and guess how many it was? It was probably Gretzky. He guess how many goals in his first 62 games. 55? 78. <laughs> Holy shit. No one's ever breaking that. How, how, is he not, how is he not on that list then, though? I guess yeah. you just have to have one game where you only gonna say get he's one probably, goal. He's probably got, yeah. Like, just, just bad, run, in, bad, run, into, run into a hot goalie. Or there's probably a lot of games where he dropped, like, five or six goals as well. Yeah, Probably no, very goals. true. Very true. Uh, well, I think he has the record for most half tricks at 50. Which makes makes sense. Um, so yeah, Gretzky has the top three in the list for Oilers, and then it's Yari Curry, and then it's Gretzky, and then it's McDavid. Yeah. And again, even, I've, I've seen people say, well, McDavid's going to break Gretzky's point record. No, he's not. No, he's not. Like 200? No, he's not. Huh? Was his point record like 200 or something? No, no, no. no. Like, like all time career points. What was his single season? Um, I can pull up here. Single season was a 215. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, they knew he was in the 200 because they used to have a Wayne Gretzky hockey card. 
Well, well, there you go. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. Like McDavid is, um, he's still he's he's like two thousand and like forty five points away from passing Gretzky for all time points. That's not happening. Yeah, that's that's not no. Because again, McDavid's already twenty six. And so right. to expect him when he's, you know, he, he's kind of, you, you could even say he's not even at his peak yet. Like next year could be his peak or even the mm-hmm. year after. But, you know, and, and again, it's like 10 years takes him to 36. Even if he was to do by the time 36, he's going to have to average 200 points a season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as he starts to get slower, like the most he'll probably play to is say 40. Especially yeah. now, because most guys in the NHL, once they turn like 37, 38, they're kind of done. Yeah. You know, regardless of the careers, careers that they've had, or they go to a team, be a fourth liner for like a year, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 10 years from now, if anything, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to be way more younger players. And then most guys might be done by that. But like, obviously, the, the exception for him, so that's why I'm saying 40, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. And as much as I've uh, grown up a Flames fan, although I do, you know, having lived in the states, I cheer for Boston. Um, I I would like to see him win it, win a cup with Edmonton. It, it would you make know, me very uh, sad if he if he goes his career never winning a cup. See, and and so, yeah, and like, and it, it's tough now for Edmonton. I would mm-hmm. say, and it, I only say that because. They didn't get the right people in management for him. Yeah. Like uh, Chicago, they got Taves and Kane back to back years. Um, and within, you know, th- three years, they won their, well, since getting Kane, they won their first cup. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to win three cups in six years with those guys. Bros- or they took uh, Pittsburgh, they got Flurry. And then the following year, they got Malkin. And then the following, they got Crosby. And they had good management there. Um, within uh, three years, Pittsburgh won a cup. And the other year, they just lost to Detroit in the final. So they went to the final back-to-back years. And then with that group of Crosby, Malkin, and Fleury, they built around them. And um, come 2016 and 2017, they won back-to-back. Yeah. And so Edmonton, you know, they got um, Dreisaitl and then McDavid and... They, they didn't have the right guys in place there to build around those two guys and uh, do it. Because Drysaddle McDavid had the, the potential to be the next, um, you, you know, for in terms of, like, success and winning cups and whatnot. Like the, the Crosby, Malkin, and the Taves and Kane. And, yeah. Um, well, and if you look at purely points-wise uh, in the league, they're, they're still on that. Like, they're still both top in the league for points. He's the up there problem. second, or not second, but like third or fourth for the league in goals, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest problem for why I don't think they're going to be able to do it is the, the sole fact that they... I, I can't remember what year it was, but I, they were in the playoffs. I think it was two years ago, and they, yeah, they played the Jets. And they had that one game go into crazy overtime, and Nurse played, like, 
65 minutes in that game or summer, mm-hmm. 66. And he, he had a good playoff, but he wasn't good, really, like, great during the regular season before then. Um, in my opinion, on, on any playoff contending team, or, like, cup contending team, I should say, mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse is a top four defenseman. Yeah. And so after that playoffs, Edmonton paid him $9 million, paying him like he's a top defenseman in the league. Okay. And since then, he hasn't got any better. And it was a contract extension, so it only kicked in this season. So mm. they're paying Nurse $9 million for the next eight years. And they're paying him to be a top two defenseman. And like I said, he's a top four defenseman. Mm. And no, no disrespect to him, great player. Like he, he is a great player, and he's good at what he does. But he's not worth the nine million, and he's not a top defenseman on your team. And you could have t- used that nine million into, you know, two, two, three million dollar forwards and a three million dollar defenseman, just extra, extra depth. Or yeah. you could have turned it into a, a two million dollar forward and then a seven million dollar defenseman, or even just two four and a half million dollar defensemen. Just a great middle second pairing. And yeah. And it's tough. tough. Like I and they're gonna keep making the playoffs. Like when you've got McDavid and Dry Saddle, you are gonna get to the playoffs. Yeah. But again, it's like we talked about the hardest trophy to win, and especially playing like every second day and series go to game sevens and how much hitting and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. McDavid and Dry Saddle can only do so much. Yeah. And like last year, we saw them, uh, you know, they went to the Western final. They, they finally got over that hump of getting past the second round. They did run into a good Colorado team, which won the cup. But it's like, I think McDavid and Drysaddle were so fucking burnt out. Could we see him losing the cup this year? I mean, I, the, like, I, like the, the East is a dogfight. Like any team that makes it could go, I think. I, Boston, you know, I heavy really... Threat. I really have a weird hunch that we see the winner come out of the West simply because the East beats themselves up. Yeah. Like, I wonder if yeah. we see one team coast through the West or one team do better than the rest in the West, kind of have a few quick series, maybe some four games or fives or even, even sixes, but that still makes a difference. And I wonder if we see almost every team in the East go to seven like i wonder if we yeah. just see this this immensely competitive east to the point where by the time the playoffs come it is just you know i'm sure it'll still be an amazing matchup like i think it'll be huge but i wonder if there's just going to be so much fatigue at that point yeah like in in the west it, it really is anyone's game i think colorado is still the favorite mm-hmm. in there but any team like it's it's so close in there, I would say. But yeah, I do agree with you. Like the East, it's, and especially like you're going to have some big rivalries. Like you're going to have the t- Toronto, Tampa Bay. And then the winner of that's got to play Boston. Tampa and Boston like each other. We know Toronto and Boston don't like each other. And then the other side, you've got the Rangers and Devils, you know, their rivals. Carolina hasn't been friendly with either of those teams. Mm-hmm. Wild card even, as it stands right now is Pittsburgh and Islanders. Yeah. And so if it ended the way it did, like it is right now, Pittsburgh would play Boston, and then the Islanders would play Carolina. I think Boston takes Pittsburgh pretty easily. 
But Carolina the Islanders, they have good games. They're scrappy games. So, yeah. It's, and it's I think exciting. That may be a big, uh, a big key for Boston is in the series is that they can win quick. Yeah. Like if, if, you know, obviously no team would ever purposefully take the foot off the gas, especially in the playoffs. And that's what makes it so grueling. But I wonder if, you know, Boston's dominating ability, like one four game series can make a difference. Yeah. Right. Or, or like we were saying earlier, like if, if you can get a four and a six in there, if you can get a four and a five game series in there, like, like that, that could, can make that a huge difference huge. down the road because not and, only is it less games played, but you think about the consecutive rest, recovery, treatment yeah. days, practice days, what, yeah. what the but team is the able to do. the other teams continue to get worse and more beat up as well. Or some would argue, though, to be fair, um, some would they're argue... they're coming in more fresh. like Well, on a streak, too. Or yeah, that momentum. Yeah. Momentum and, and, does play a huge role. And like you talk about with like teams, you know, getting beat up in grueling series, and whatnot. Maybe that's why Boston didn't get Chikrin, and they went out and got Orlov and Hathaway, because it's mm. more depth, and those two guys are feisty, gritty players that have already won cups, so they or a cup, so they know what it takes to win, yeah. and they could prove to be very effective in those those hard hitting battles and those those rivalry series and whatnot. So, yeah, no, you you make a great point there. Um. Um, so we started we got a bit of a oh. real quick. We got a bit of a Viking situation with the Kings having a zero point differential. Yeah, they do. Wow. And so you could argue, you could say, and, and so that's interesting actually, because looking at it, they, um, so like comparing them to all the other teams, kind of in the puff mix, aside from Edmonton, because we know they're they're all about running gun games. Mm-hmm. You know, they they allow a lot, but they also score a lot, which is why they're actually at a plus thirty differential. Yeah, like the Kings, so they're allowing a lot of goals, but you know they're they're scoring at the same amount. So that's interesting. That is, but but could be a bit of a Viking situation. Yeah, that's never a betting favorite in my books. Um, speaking. Of the Vikings, uh, they got the report card today. Did you see that? No, what? So this this is also kind of lead into to the clown report a little bit. Um, All right, but so today the, report. Today the NFL um, uh, they released report cards for teams, and so they surveyed fifteen hundred players league wide, and they were asked to um give grades for the teams they've they've been with based on certain things so treatment of families um food service um slash nutrition weight room strength coaches training room training staff locker room and team travel and so if you played on that team at any point you're you know you you give each of those categories a rating and then they average them out and the vikings got straight a's across the board for for all those categories you know who didn't? Hmm. The Patriots. I was going to say, you know who didn't? The Arizona Cardinals. Where, where's the overall rankings? Here, I got to find. Uh, I'm I, not sure what the overall rankings are. I just, got, I just know those two um, from what I've seen. So the Vikings got straight A's. Do you want to hear what the Cardinals got for theirs? Sure. So for treatment of families, they got an F. 
<laughs> For food service um, slash nutrition, they got an F minus. Weight room, they got an F minus. Strength coach, they got an A. So they did get an A there. Um, training room, they got an F minus. Training staff, they got a B plus, actually. Um, team travel, they got a B plus. And then locker room, they got an F. Jeez, all right. That's, I think that's the two tough. most important takeaways. I think the two most important takeaways is if locker room and treatment of families are F. Oh, there's a problem there. That's a huge problem. Uh, the so they must have been close to the bottom of the shitty facility. Yeah, oh no, they, they, they got the most Fs out of any team. They, they got the oh, most. Okay. And the Vikings got the best. So you ready for the Patriots? They ranked 22nd. Okay. Um, so lower half of the league, but not, the, not at the basement. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, so not great. Um, so treatment of families, C minus. Okay. Uh, food service and nutrition, B. Weight room, D. Strength coach, B plus. Hey, Cardinals won that one. Training room, <laughs> C minus. Training staff, A. Locker room, C plus. Team travel, D plus. Okay. So not 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 too terrible. Couple low ones, but there's also some positives in there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, so wait, wait. Shout there's out to Vikings, so like so that maybe that's why a lot of guys want to go there. It just sounds like it's a everything done by the organization is top notch. Oh my god. There. Apparently Jacksonville had a rat problem. Oh, yeah, sounds about right. Um, Bengals were given the lowest possible grade. The Bengals of an F minus for food service and nutrition. That's what the Cardinals got as well. F-. Cincinnati was one of only three NFL teams to not offer dinner to players. One of only yep. two to not provide vitamins, and the only one did not offer supplements. Players yeah, responded like that they were encouraged to come in on their days off and train and prepare themselves for that week's game. However, the cafeteria is not open on those days, so players can't even grab a banana before working out. See, for the Cardinals, it is, but they have to pay for it. That's ridiculous. Like, Saying um, in the yeah. locker room, many showers and toilets don't work. And not, and not, to, not to shit on the Cardinals, um, but, but this is coming from the Bengals. This is coming from the Bengals, a... a Super Bowl contender, a top yeah. team in the league. That should not be good. Yeah. Um. Hey, you know, maybe that's why they didn't win the Super Bowl. KC ranked a D minus. Um, for the training staff. Uh, treatment of, what treatment of families? What should it be? What should it be for the Chiefs? A plus. Jackson Mahomes. Three <laughs> TikTok dances. Um, the Commanders ranked moon. dead last overall. Yeah, really? that's a feel-good story for the Cardinals. Oh, so they got something there. So the Cardinals get the most Fs, but so it looks like those those two B pluses and that A really helped them out more in terms of Washington not was last. tied for last or last in four of the eight categories: treatment of families, training room, locker room, and team travel. 
and ranked 31st in training staff. Wow. Interesting. Players complained about lack of warm water, poor drainage in the showers. Hmm. Players said they don't want to do their rehab with the Washington training staff because they lack staffing. Hmm. What a joke. That should not be coming from a uh, NFL team, if you think about it. You you think about the money that goes in there. Dan Schneider is in all sorts of trouble, too, allegedly. Um, But we're not going to speak on that because Brett Favre is allegedly suing Pat McAfee. Yeah. As well for other things. So we just we don't talk about anyone anymore. Also, allegedly, allegedly. Don't know if this is true, because it's from popculture.com. Oh, so it's a hundred. I don't wanna I don't wanna believe it, but I'm going to because I want it to be true. And it's popculture. They say they say Tom Brady delays Fox Sports job to pursue stand up comedy. Yeah, see, I, you sent me that. I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't that. either, but I want to believe it, so I'm going to. So did you read the article? No, I don't care to read. Okay, so it's, it's, it's fucking clickbait, I bet, because it's, go- it's going to be something. It's going to be like... I just want to hold on to the dream of it being real. No, no, like, because remember, he hosted um, SNL in the past. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, so then there we so yeah, so here we go. So this is you ready for this is gonna be fucking awesome. Now you're gonna ruin my excitement. Oh my god, this is gonna be oh my god. Now I'm gonna know it's not real. It's Netflix. This is gonna be huge. Is it real? You ready for this? Is it don't tell me now. Now I wanna know. It makes it sound like it's real. Yeah, well, so so he's not he's not going into stand up comedy per se, but he is set to be in talks with Netflix to be the subject of a roast. Ooh, entitled "The Greatest Roast of Ooh. All Time." Ooh, which I think Ooh. would just be so 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 he would he would get roasted he would do some roasting at the end so yeah. sure yeah, he's doing comedy but it's not like he's going to that open would be, mics that would be awesome that would be awesome because you know if they did it well like they would do it well so they would get yeah. they oh, would get yeah. a few athletes in there um I'm sure they would get you know you'd easily would have, get a pop have culture Peyton Manning there yeah probably someone like Peyton they would have a pop culture um icon so like someone like a snoop dog or someone like that they would have Kevin a few seasoned com- well but then that's the thing like for tom brady the comedians they would get like i'm willing to bet bill burr would easily do that oh You're talking yeah. one of the best comics like of they're all gonna time. go like someone, all out well yeah and someone who they typically meet probably wouldn't get for roasts like they yeah. would i think they would have the ability to get a pretty stacked um team Oh yeah. All right. Sure, that's what I look forward to. I think that'll be good. I think that'll be very good indeed. Um, I look forward to seeing that. Any other clown news? Not that that's clown news. You're the clown for um, thinking that's clown news. You clown. Uh, um. Not not. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna kind of actually. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say San Jose right now. The okay. team. Um, and this just goes back to. 
it was again like a couple weeks ago we were talking and i kind of went on a rampage talking about um how as as he's on the, the tv right now in highlights um adam fox on the rangers i wasn't a fan of him how you know the flames drafted him took a chance on him and you know he's like oh i'm not i'm not playing here i'm going to new york so mm-hmm. they traded they trade him to to carolina and then carol and then he's like no i'm not signed with carolina i'm I'm going to New York. I'm playing where I want to play because I'm a high-skilled university player and I deserve the world. Yeah. Um, so Anaheim had recently had a player, Henry Thrun, um, who's uh, currently the captain of the Harvard team right now as a defenseman. Uh, looks like he's got all the skill in the world, but he Probably told, Ana- he told Anaheim he's not signing with them. He doesn't want to play there. So again, Anaheim's like, okay, hey, we'll, we'll trade your rights away, then we'll get something for you at least. And so they trade him to their divisional rival, San Jose, for a third-round pick. When did this happen? And, uh, this just happened a couple of days ago, the trade. Like two days ago. Actually, so maybe yesterday. Yesterday. that long, and now he said he doesn't want to play for him? No, this was, this was Anaheim. When he was on Anaheim. Because he was drafted on Anaheim a couple years ago. Oh, but he's still in and, college. Yeah, he's still in college and whatnot. And so his rights expire. I think it's like March or August 14th or something. Is when then if, if he doesn't have a contract signed with his current team, he's a free agent and can sign anywhere he wants. Okay. And so San Jose gave, I mean, a third round pick is, you know, you, you could use a third round pick as a rebuilding team. And so they yeah. took a chance on this guy. And so again, it's like, you know, you, you got to be like, damn sure you're going to be able to sweet talk him and get him to sign. Otherwise, like, that's a horrible asset management. So hopefully they can get him signed because he looks like he could be a really good defenseman. But I'm, I'm worried to get, like, if he's already telling Adam, I'm like, like, you're in, like already in California, well, like a place a lot of people want to live. And so I, I, get, I, just don't, I don't think San Jose is going to be able to sweet talk into signing. I think they just wasted a third-round pick. I wonder with everything we've kind of talked about him earlier in this episode, with, with what we've said about Bedard, maybe he just doesn't think Anaheim can get it done and get that Bedard pick. But why wouldn't you want to stay on a team that very likely you could be playing among a generational talent? Like, wouldn't and, you, and want, was, you, would, you would want to yeah. be on the Crosby team. You would want to be on the McDavid team. Right. And this is exactly when I was talking, I, when I was talking about the trade with my brother yesterday, that's what he said as well. He said, like, you know, if you're on a team and they they get Bedard, though, like, you'd be an idiot to go sign anywhere else. So, yeah, I mean, that they could be a factor, but yeah, uh, it's gonna be interesting. But I'm gonna throw him on the clown report right now, just because I'm not a fan of oh. it right now, but. So if he doesn't sign, what happens? He can just sign with anyone? Yeah. He has, I wonder he's, if he's he, free to sign anywhere. Do you think he refuses to sign and waits to see whoever gets Bedard? Um, well, so whoever gets Bedard like, will already be well before that, that deadline that he has to okay. sign before becoming a free agent. So, you know, if, if San Jose gets him, then I got to imagine they'd probably get him to sign. If, if, if not then I don't know if it's necessarily he does that to go, go, go to where Bedard went and play. I think he just want to go, is going to go to a big hockey market, which is, again, why a lot of guys like, like Jimmy Vesey and Adam Fox are like, I'm going, to, I'm going to play for the Rangers. 
I wonder, especially after this season, how big of a market um, Boston is going to be. Like, I wonder if we're going to want to if we're going to see young guys wanting to go there. Like, can you build a dynasty off of an amazing season and use that to retain talent, especially when you're in an original six market like Boston is? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting. It's an yeah. exciting playoffs. I uh, I can't wait for it. Um, a little wrap up on our picks. So we got the C or keep messing it up. CF. When does CFL start up? Uh, not for a little more. Not for a little more. All right. Yeah, not, but not we got like uh, over in the XFL. We got the Sea Dragons, um, Battle Hawks, uh, Renegades, and Roughnecks taking the wins. And then we got. Uh, Deplasis taking uh winning over Derek Brunson. Uh we're taking Bo Nickel, um Rachmanov over Jeff Neal. Um Jalen Turner, he's our underdog under uh Gamrot or over Gamrot, uh then Shevchenko, John Jones, and Cody Garbarant as well, I believe. I think that's all yep. of our was there one other in there? I don't think so. Oh, um, Amanda Hebas. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's our PGO Parlay for the week, folks. Uh, this was a long one, a nice long yeah. episode. I'm going to uh, wrap it up kind of the same as we did the last one. So the end of last episode, I was telling you about how, uh, if anyone's not following them, I very strongly encourage you to follow All Sports Culture on Instagram. If you're a big mm-hmm. sports fan, phenomenal um, Instagram page to follow. They do lots of cool stuff. So... The end of the last one, we were talk, I was telling you about that, how they're doing a Goat of Goats tournament. Yeah. And so it's, it's all wrapped up. They finished it now. So when we left it off, the final four was Wayne Gretzky versus uh, Phelps. Okay. And then we had Michael Jordan versus Tom Brady. Um, so Gretzky obviously beat Phelps pretty, pretty easily to go to the final. Do you want to know what the votes were for the Michael Jordan-Tom Brady yeah. One. So Michael Jordan finished with 7,225 votes. So 7,225. Wow. Tom Brady finished with 7,226. Shot. Literally up. had one more vote. Get out of here. They, they took a screenshot of, of the whole story with the votes there. It says 50-50, but Brady has one more vote. Oh my goodness! And I'm, I'm so just him saying, versus the great one. Yeah, and I'm just saying, the PGO Instagram account voted on it. If PGO didn't, it would have ended in a tie. Oh so my goodness, we PGO, PGO kind of saved the day. We swung the votes. Um, and so who won overall then? So it went down to the final: Wayne Gretzky versus Tom Brady. That's uh, a great matchup, if you ask me. Very good, very good. Yeah, which is the one I kind of thought was going to. If it was, I knew Gretzky was going to come out on the one side. If Brady didn't come out on the other side, I figured it would have been messy. Yeah, um, no, I could see Jordan as well, though, to be honest. I could, yeah. But I think even Messi would have beaten Jordan. Yeah. Uh, but Phelps so in the end. It didn't surprise me either. Anyways. No, it didn't surprise me either. So it ended up uh, Wayne Gretzky beat Tom Brady 51% to 49. Wow. It was actually a lot closer than I thought it was going to be between those two. Now we gotta ask: Is it a hockey account? No, I, I think hockey. 
I think hockey actually gets the least amount of love on it. Like, it still gets a decent amount, but I think NFL and NBA are kind of the big, the big ones on it. Mostly the NFL. Like, NFL. Really? Okay. But that, like that, obviously, just because NFL is the most popular one. So, like, they obviously... Like us. But I guess maybe just it's just basically because I'm just looking over recent, a lot of the recent stuff, and maybe it's just because, you know, NFL Plus, why not? But from what I normally see, it's usually a lot of... Of NFL stuff, but should we do a collab? Oh, I would love to. They don't know we exist yet. We follow them all the way. Yeah, we'll tell them how huge our vote was in that one. Well, they should know. They know. They probably know we voted. We're verified, right? I will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, what accounts would we have voted on? I just. I well, actually, I voted on my personal and then on the PGA one. Well, what account is that? Oh, sure. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Our the post game overtime Instagram account, which you can find at PGO Show. Did you want me to do yeah. all of them? Do you want to? It's been a minute since you've done them. Uh, yeah, I'll just keep. I'll keep on it. Uh, took me a bit to get what you're hitting at, but I got there. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at PG. No, Twitter. Sorry, fuck. I I'm not used to doing this as much as you. Okay, you can find us on Twitter at. Uh, PG Overtime, also on TikTok at PGO Show, and on YouTube. Post game overtime, post game, one word. There you go, folks. And, and in, I get any of those, did I do it? I think I did, did it beautifully. He did, did it beautifully. I did it. And on any of those social medias, there is a link tree that can link you to all the rest of them, including uh, our Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and anywhere else you can find the podcast. So head over to any of the social medias. If you find one, you can easily find them all. Also on that link tree, be sure to click over to Dubby Energy. And that's who this episode is brought to you by. Um, If you hop over to that link, click that link so they know we sent you. And code PGO gets you 10% off at checkout. We've talked about Dubby before. They've been at this point. At this point, we're going to start calling him a longtime friend of the show. Um, It feels like it's been a long time. They've been a friend of the show. And they bring you an amazing energy formula, uh, cheaper than your, I'd say, cup of coffee if you're if you're a Starbucks drinker, if you if you average it out. But not only is it cheaper, it is a war on big energy. If you're an energy drink person, this is by far cheaper, Um, and I think does the job much better. I'm a user of it. I have the flavor big energy tears. Also, if you're caffeine sensitive. They also have a hydration mix that I use as well that I quite enjoy. They taste amazing, and I think they work quite well. Brandon, have your flavors come in yet? Uh, they have. I just haven't picked them up yet. Ah, and what did you get? You got the the beach and peach. I did. There you go. There you go, folks. Um, yeah. Uh, so code PGO gets you ten percent off at checkout. Click the link in our bio so they know we sent you. And join the fight wage the war yeah. yeah join the fight join the fight on big energy folks thank you so much for listening definitely a long one we we put in the work on this one but it was it was well deserved because we took a little bit of time off so we took a little time off you it's only right to, to come to back in a big once. way always in a big way and you know we covered a lot of ground we covered some ufc we covered it in depth we covered some xfl we covered a lot of nhl um yeah. let us know Hey, that just shows, folks, 
NFL gone, no worries. We're still bringing you the banging news always. Um, banging reach news. out to us on any of those social medias and let us know if you're liking these longer episodes. Let us know what you're wanting to hear us cover. If there's anything specific, any new sports, anything you want to hear us talk about, let us know and we want to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next time. Have a wonderful day.